Hello humans, welcome to the M Word, the Manx Sports Podcast brought to you by Martin, that's me. And Matt. That's him. Hello. Hello. Not to do the hello, am I? Sorry. Uh, so straight into our sponsor, Billboards.im. Just a quick thank you to those guys. You'll see them now we're laid out and about. You can see the, the billboard banners down at the C-Terminal in town there. The guys will uh, help you get your brand, brand awareness out, your, your, and whatever, you know, sales, anything you've got going on, those guys will help you. So get in touch with billboards.im. Uh, just on the intro there, Matt, uh, it's a bit of a cliche, sorry, but it's the Proclaimers and yeah. Walk 500 Miles, which yeah. I think is probably appropriate for our uh, guest today, Robbie. Thanks for thanks for com- coming down, Robbie. It's much appreciated. You're welcome. Thanks very much for Pl- inviting me. A pleasure. I think uh, what I think I find really interesting, we were just chatting about it before we came on air, was obviously a, le- a legend in, in, in the Isle of Man. And, you know, I, I can't believe many people don't know who you are. But when you actually search for you on the internet, maybe this is a good thing. There's not that much on there. Obviously, there's the parish walk. Uh, fame but you've done a lot more in sport which is great because now we can rumble th- rumble through the years and, and, and find out uh, what you've been up to over these years so yeah so like I say thanks for joining us so you're welcome yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know uh, I think everyone sort of knows me more as a walker was I'm not really a walker I'm right. more of a runner and other things before that really yeah, so yeah. it goes back quite a way so well let's start off then are you, uh, are you a come over? Are you Manx? Manx Manx or Manx is the hills? Manx yes, is the hills. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Where, where were you born? Um, um, well, I was born, uh, obviously, in Douglas. Lived lived for about year one in Up and Pull Rose, and then we moved up to Williston after that. Right. And then from probably about two right the way up to um, uh, first year, I'd done one year at Balcomene, and then we moved down to Castletown. We've been in Castletown ever since. Oh, right, okay. So most of my childhood was brought up in Liverpool, uh, sorry, um, in Williston. And sport, important part of your life in those early years? Uh, I think, yeah, football was really, yeah, I was just sort of football mad then, playing football in the park and stuff like okay. that. Um, I was always on the go, I always remember that, I always remember because... When we um, lived in Williston, mum used to send us off, dad would send us up the shops to get bits and pieces and I'd sort of run up the shops and run back again. Right. And I remember one woman that used to live in the corner was telling me, oh, you're always running, you are. Why do you stop running and walk? I said, no, it's quicker to get home, she isn't it? She gave you that yeah. advice for 50 yeah, years yeah, later. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I do remember vividly, like, she was just saying, why are you running all the time? But, but no, football was uh, the bit of a passion then, like, yeah. And did you play for clubs or was it just a kick around uh, the park type of thing? Well, in um, obviously in my early years there, no, it was just kick around and park. That was all. We, no, no. I was at primary school, Wilston Primary School, and um, I think we had a headmaster that came in for maybe the last two years I was there, and he introduced football into it. Right. Uh, so we had two football teams, the first team and the second team going, and um, I remember being captain of the second team, so I got promoted to the first team a bit later on. Right. But um, no, that was great to have football because yeah. prior to that, you you watched it and, and played it in the park, but you never actually had a football team to play for. So we played for Wilston Primary for a number of years. Where'd you play? Uh, I'm a winger, really. Yeah, yeah. Right. I'm just Speedy right. Gonzalez. Oh, right, yeah, right, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. <laughs> on the wing, that's yeah. where it was. And then um, then after that, later on, a few years later on, I sort of made, when I moved down to Castletown, obviously I was <clears throat> playing around with the lads in Castletown and that, but it was very difficult to get in their side and that special Kell Cup and that, so I went and joined Colby and I was sort of the Colby man for most of my time. Really. Oh, right, yeah. okay. And were your parents into sport? Were they sports uh, at all? Not really. I don't really, really remember my, my, like watching it, but I never remember my dad or my mum having any sort of real backstory into sport in any way whatsoever. And I like that. My, my, bro- my, 
my two other brothers are not really into it either, I don't oh, right. think. Okay, right. Yeah, they might right. watch it, but I don't think they've physically actually done much. Yeah, yeah. Right, okay. So I was a bit of a black sheep, I suppose, in yeah. some respects, yeah. <laughs> so you move down to South the Island, teenage years, I guess, then you move into employment, I guess, yeah. when you leave school. Yeah. What did well, you start doing for well, employment? Well, <clears throat> when I left school, my idea was to go to uh, Horticultural College, which I, um, I had a... I'd accepted it at college at Pershaw, but on the proviso that I'd done a, a year's practical work, so it meant I had to go away to Liverpool, and I went away to Botanic Gardens in Liverpool and in, in uh, Coldstones Park, Hart Hill area. And uh, I was doing a year's, my year's practical then, but I just got a little bit fed up with it, really, so I just came home after nearly seeing a year out, and then um, i just done a bit of labour on, on a building site. But then there was a... <clears throat> uh, a garage, a motorcycle and car dealer that was building a garage at the end of our road in Hope Street. Mm. SNS Motors, short and short and human, and um, I was just speaking to them because I was interested in, in mechanics and stuff. Well, they gave us a job and they were building the garage, and he said, "When we built the garage, come down and see us." But they'd finished it, and he actually came up and knocked on the door, saying, "Well, still wanted the job." Right. So I went to work for SNS Motors for. Uh, I probably started there about seventy. Six, seven, right. or something like that, right the way through to 84. And is that where they are now? Yes, and they moved. I don't know where Hope they Street is. They were in Hope is. Street, um, oh, right. where Capital International okay, are yeah. there. That, they've got our old garage, like it's completely different now. Uh, it looks a lovely building. Uh, but SNS is now around the corner on the main yeah, road. Yeah, so, right. I when he built a new garage, I sort of that was left that year as about 84. I moved then up to Manx Airlines. Right. up at the airport but in the years when I was at the garage I got heavily into a uh, motorcycle sport off-road stuff and oh that. right okay yeah, yeah. so it's like football uh, I was not football no well I was still obviously I was still playing football but then I, I was got involved with the, the motorcycle as well I got involved with I bought myself a trials bike because George was selling these Kawasaki KT250s at the time so right. I got one of them and I, I rode solo trials for a couple of years and done the Manx two-day trial and quite a lot of trials in the island here right they're over the rocks, the trials, those types of things, are they? they oh, yeah, yeah, right yeah. Now, but yeah. Steve Colley used yeah. to do, you right. know. Um, and uh, then after a few years doing that, I then decided I wanted to have a go at doing sidecars. So we bolted a, a sidecar onto the, onto the bike. <laughs> and my girlfriend at the time there, she jumped in the chair with me and we, we had a couple of years doing sidecar trials. Right, and we okay. were quite quite successful that, more so than it was in the solo in, in the right. stuff. Just locally was that? Locally, yeah. Although, right. no, we went away to, we did go away and compete into, in, a, in a couple of British Championship rounds. Yeah, right. yeah. Right. Um, I got a different bike. I then progressed from a, a Kawasaki up to a Montessa, a purposely built one. And that was a lovely bike to ride. So we <clears throat> we um, competed at quite a few events in the, in the UK, British Championship right. rounds. Okay. Right. I take it as a lot. I'm just trying to imagine when you do the trials are hard enough on a single. <laughs> and then now you stick in a, yeah. Another, you know, a big bulky thing. How, yeah. how, how did you find that? Uh, I, 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 I found it a lot easier than the solo trials, to tell you the truth. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. Do they make the other courses the same as a single, or do they make them? Uh, oh, no, they, have, they, they had special wide. sections yeah, yeah. set out for the side because the turns wouldn't be so tight and the, and the steps wouldn't be maybe so high, but yeah. they're still tough. And, yeah. But um, no, they'd make the, the sections would be a little bit a little bit wider, like, yeah. So, how, does, how does that test a relationship when you're doing it? With no, we're quite good actually. Right. Yeah, we got on well, and she got fired out of the chair a few times. You know, when, <laughs> yeah, and I remember and you one got fired in the year for doing <laughs> yeah. it. And I do remember one time we were down the bottom of Bagarrow. There, there's a, there's a place, Bella Willie 
Billy, Billy Kill Clue or something, I forget what it is now. And there's a trial up there, and I remember we were coming out of a river once, up a bit of a bank, and Sarah's foot slipped off the peg and went into the uh, sprocket and chain and got her foot stuck in that. But she was wearing really sort of solid leather boots, so but yeah. I was still trying to get out the bike go. <laughs> and wonder, problem here? And just wondering why we couldn't get out, and then I looked around, she was screaming at me. <laughs> so, uh, no, it was, she was all right. That was really, really good. Yeah. But then after a while, I, we went away in uh, 1980, and we, we caught up with um, the International Six-Day Enduro, or Six-Day Trial, as it was then, which is in France in a place called Briod. And I really liked the look of that, so I sort of got a bit of passion for doing the enduro riding. Okay. So I'd done quite a bit of motocross and then got involved in doing some enduro riding as well. Explain me what's enduro is. Uh, sorry? That's exactly yeah, yeah. what's oh, the right, Okay, then we'll, well, I've I done motocross for a bit, so you know, obviously, scramble yeah. as motocross is like. Well, well enduro is um, it's basically a road going, well, it's a motocross bike, virtually the gearing's a bit different it's not so quite so pokey um and they're road registered and what they do is you have like um you'll have a a group of uh it's almost like a rally it is where you'll have a group of sections where you have to go from a to b and you've got a certain amount of time which to do it in right. and then when you come to that end of that section then you have to clock out but yeah, you have yeah. to clock out um on your time yeah i'm sorry when you sorry you come into the next section and you can only go in this next section on your lot of time to yeah, go okay. in yeah, if yeah. you go in too early you get docked um um well a minute i think if you go in a minute early you get doctor i don't know i forget what the point system is yeah. now um but for every time we coming into the section you're late for every minute you got a point added yeah, on yeah. to it so obviously Especially, you have to do it in the time that yeah, was that yeah. actually allocated for you and then once you've done that section, there's like a, um, a void, a no-go zone sort of thing where before you went into the other into the other section and you had a lot of time to go in. And obviously, if you went in late, you got you got sort of penalised for it. Yeah. But it, you didn't, you had to try to catch your time up. But if you went in early, it was even worse. And I think if you even went in, uh, I forget what the actual thing was. I think maybe if you went in something like five minutes early, you got disqualified from it. Oh, right. Uh, and you had so the up to, managing that time yeah 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 and that's what it was and, and you know and, and you're going over cross country you're going through plantations it's a bit like your mountain biking really yeah, okay. but with a motorbike and you had like you had a, a time section where you had to go in at a certain time and come out at a certain time and if you came in late you got late yeah. you got and points on to you and those sections are they same sections in a plantation or are you in one plantation and you suddenly oh, can't no, get yourself no. across the island to uh yeah well yeah then you might go on to a bit of a road section then you had time to make um to go before you went to the next group of sections yeah, so like it, it would be all, all rally really in that yeah yeah but it'd be all, all, all it'd be um it'd be all over the island and mm. then we've done we've done quite a few british championship events in the uk and because uh, the main event that everyone worked up to was an event called the international six day enduro as I say, when I went to France, it was known as the International Six Day Trial at the time, but then changed it to Enduro. And um, there was uh, it was going to be held in 1983 in Wales. So we looked like trying to get some teams to, to compete in that, local teams. And it had been in the Isle of Man before in um, 65, I think, and 75. Mm. And they had locals obviously competing in that, but never in one that was off the island. So Wales was the nearest place that had ever been right, before. Right, okay. So we tried. We 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 got a committee together and a group together, and we we raised enough funds to get two two teams of three 
in the event and we had two um, solo riders riding in it as well oh, right, okay. so and that was down in Blue Wells in Wales and it's probably it's it's classed as the international six day enduro it's classed as the, uh, the Olympics of motor, off-road motorsport really right. um, so we went down there and we, we actually got three lads that finished and they, all, they got bronze medals and oh, right, you know okay. if, if, you, if you come within a certain time you get a gold medal a silver medal or, or, or if you finish you get a bronze medal right. and everyone the established people was thinking that we'd find it really really hard um, but actually we got three lads that finished it unfortunately I seized my bike up on the second day right. but um, you sort of fast forward it then about another 20 odd years and uh, or more and David Knight comes along you know and he's doing that sport and he ends up being world champion yeah, yeah. and we went away mm. I remember going away and seeing him in 86 right, okay. uh, his last two rounds and we're in Italy and up to that point he was 100% record he'd won every single round right. and he actually won the last two rounds in Italy as well but he tried to they tried to penalise him by saying he went into a check early, right. and um, it wasn't. It was just that the, the, the officials had put the check in the wrong place, apparently, oh, right. and everyone sort of they, they, they appealed against it. So David has the incredible res- result of hundred percent record of winning everything, right. and right. and that is one hell of a tough sport, I'm yeah, afraid. Right, you know, right. and we watched him there in Italy and just made world class riders look really really mediocre. Right, okay. And then since then, fast forward again, you've got. The McCanny boys now, Jamie and uh, Danny McCanny doing a similar thing right. in the world scene. So, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. So. A couple more names to the podcast, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so the, the team enduros, how do they work? Do you do sections each? Uh, well, what were you all uh, doing? No, you, you're, you're all riding. You're all riding. Whatever penalty points you get is added to whatever penalty points yeah, the other okay. person so it's just gets. A collective. That, yeah, yeah. yeah right, and the okay. idea is to have you had four men in a team. Club, we were in club team. We only had three. But the main, um, the, the the main contenders, which is a trophy and, and bars contenders, like what David Knight would do. They have a team of four, right. and obviously the idea is to get the whole four people finishing. You know, one man drops out, then they get maximum points added on to them every day. They're not competing, yeah, okay. and it's 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 a thankless task then, really. Right. Um, what what's the main attribute to be a good enduro rider? Uh, obviously, really good on a bike. You know, yeah. skills of the bike, but is that uh, upper body strength or just, um, just riding the bike? I think just total bike fitness for right, them, okay. them guys. But I think now they they do work on the fitness element side as well. Yeah, okay. um, whereas in the early days, people just rode a bike and and they just got sort of bike fit. They'd be able to get through sort of rough sections and stuff like that. Yeah. But um, no, the likes of Knight and the Mechani boys and there's other lads since then you know before them um, the lads that we were in, in, in Wales with we had a lad called Neil McKee um, Stevie Collins and uh, Chuck Bagazzi okay. and then they went on to then compete in further events in the, in the years after that and then eventually I can't, I, I can't remember what, what year sort of night it came on the scene at, but you know the, the boys had sort of set the ball rolling for them guys yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And and Knight just took the world over really yeah, in, right. in that off road sort of sport. Yeah, I'll have to get him on at some stage. Yeah. Yeah. You need to because he is a he's a living legend in his sport, really, you know. Yeah, right. yeah. And then I presume at some stage of that sort of that sport end for you or that passion uh, or well, did you yeah, move I was, on? I was I was heavily into motorsport for a number of years now, I think. Eighty three come I blew well, I seized my bike up in, in eighty three in the sixth day in Wales. Which is a big disappointment because um the first day was really, really crap day. It rained all day, and, and I think most people were on penalty points at the end of the day. Um, and the second day, I started getting the groove in my um, in my block of four riders that we, we set off with. 
was the uh, 250 world champion Galtieri Brasini, an Italian guy. And for that, the, the morning of the second day, I was staying with him on time. You know, right. we were both sort of like, we, we didn't amass any sort of points at that point. But then my bike seized up, giving it a stick through um, a, plant, uh, a forest. Right. I was only riding a 175 where they were all on 250cc because I was in the 250 class. Okay. But uh, my bikes had been thrashed for the best part of a year and right. I really didn't have the funds to sort of like rebuild it and that or even get a new bike. So when I came out of that, came home, I then um, I I decided to pack in the, the sort of like motorsport riding side of it, but I decided to in 1984 just be clock of the course of the Manx two day trial, the solo bikes, which is a big event that normally takes place at the end of August or sort of beginning of September and yeah. around here. It's a, it's a trials, uh, two day trials. It's a really big thing, so I I went out and I sort of <clears throat> plotted a load of land and and found some new new places to have sections and stuff like that. So I just put my little pennies worth back into sport and then I just sort of got away with it and after that I just had to get my head above water because it was quite an expensive thing to be in you know um, buying you know new tyres and parts of your bike and stuff like that even working for a garage it was quite expensive so I just got out of that completely and then um, I sort of went back to just playing football for a bit right okay Uh, yeah at Colby yeah yeah, I sort of had a second go playing football again at Colby I, I sort of played combination team for a bit and then from 85 that's when I sort of got back I got into the, the running I was always doing running right. I was I'd sort of like early on in, in the 70s I got roped into doing um with the Castanel drinkers I got roped into doing uh parish walk um I think my first parish walk I've got a little trophy a team trophy it goes back to 1974 oh wow yeah right okay so yeah. I've got I've got that and also got roped into doing a TT course walk Okay. TT relay. I think my my first TT course walk was nineteen seventy three. Okay. Um, first parish. Was that walk, the whole? I say the whole. That was a, that yeah, was the whole course. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's can't imagine walking the mountain nowadays. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> so that's when I sort of got a little bit of a snippet of walking, but <clears throat> my main thing was running. So I was also got involved. They roped us into doing the uh, Manx Mountain Marathon. Okay. And all the fell races like the Laxey Horseshoe fell race because. The Castanel drinkers, they were sort of like trying to raise money, you know, for, for, for various, uh, they were a charity and just raising funds for various different things. And and one of the things they, would, they wanted, obviously, if it wasn't for the Castanel drinkers, maybe the parish walk possibly might have died out at one point. Because right. at one time in the 70s, uh, the mid sort of 70s, they had more officials than they did walkers in the event at one oh, point. Really? Yeah. So I remember one year the Castanel drinkers put about five teams in, which boosted it by another 20 walkers. Right. Um, so obviously parish war kept going on um, but I sort of stepped away from that then got involved with the motorcycle yeah. then got involved with come back to football and then in 85 a friend of mine <coughs> I was working for Manx Airlines at that time he said do you fancy going and do the Dublin Marathon so right. a friend of mine Mike Gallion so we were just doing a little bit run together and so we, we decided to enter the Dublin right. Marathon and just have a go at training for it right okay so that was my first marathon. And how did that go? Uh, it was it was good up until about I think uh, about the standard eighteen miles. It? No, no. Well, it wasn't hitting the wall in any way. It was it was about nineteen miles maybe or something like that, twenty miles. And I just got a searing pain in my leg and okay. the side of my knee, and it was just 
crippling me it was you know i was hobbling along um so i hobbled along i i, I just checked on my time because i got the certificate before we come up here and i was uh three three hours and 11 for that wow. i really wanted yeah. to do under three hours right. my main focus is under three hours and it was a bit disappointing still not uh, a shabby time though but no but it's, it was well it's a bit shabby <laughs> really i think and that, because not when not when you you know what you're capable of doing yeah, yeah. so when I came back, um, I went to see about my knee, getting something done with me, and I went. I had a little bit of, at the time, they just started sports injury clinic, um, sports counselling in, with a department at Nobles Hospital, so I went there, and to be honest, they just sort of looked at it, put an ice pack on it, and at the time, and just said, oh, what, I suppose your classic IT bands now, they're too tight. Well, they've always been. They've always been solid. They right. never have been slacking right. anyway, whatsoever. And I just, I went home. I just looked at my running shoes, and my running shoes I'd probably been running them for about three years, yeah, and they're right. just like they're all like wedge on yeah, one side. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I bought a new pair yeah, of running. So be rolling out. Yeah, just I just put yeah. pressure on my knees. So yeah. I bought a new pair of running shoes and never had that pain ever. Oh after right, that, okay. Right. So I had a, the the disappointment was eighty five doing a double marathon. So and I always wanted then the focus was to go and do the London Marathon, but I wanted to do the London Marathon in in as much as I, I didn't want to go in the lottery system and being with the masses at the back. Mm-hmm. So there was um, you could qualify if you if you had a certain time. And the qualifying time in them days was two forty for the right. London Marathon, which is obviously quite a steep time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I went and done. I went to Glasgow. And ran the Glasgow Marathon in '86, and I'd done 2:39, which oh, gave me a quali- which gave me qualifying time for London, and it also gave me qualifying time that I could get an automatic entry into the yeah, New York yeah. Marathon as well. And your training back then was that just something you just? I just went. No out one helped you. You just no, I just ran. Went out, I just went out and ran. That was right. Okay. Yeah. I was just. I was. I, I've never really. We we were part of the, the the Southern Athletic Club, but it was mainly Southern Athletic Club. But was. Uh, for the, the children more than anything like it was, it was very uh, youth orientated yeah, as yeah. opposed to senior orientated juniors and that um, so there's a small group of us there there's myself Mike Kelly and a lad called Ray Kelly and uh, Jerry McKenna and a girl called Maureen Oddie I'm not sure whether Maureen's actually a, a member of Southern but she sort of run with us we would sort of uh, uh, go out and do the odd sort of training run together or do a little bit of training but basically it was just i would just go out and run run on, on my own stuff like and, and nowhere i used the word scientific but would you go do intervals was that type of thing no, in the mindset back then it was no, just go well, and run. Well, that was that was it you'd, you'd read about it you know right. i obviously used to read the run of magazines and and you go out and do a bit but some stuff was pretty difficult to do on your own like yeah. um <clears throat> later on we got involved with um morris Harriet. Who's an Olympic silver medal winner um, in the steeplechase? Uh, he was from Birmingham, but he, he lived. He had relatives in the Isle of Man. He used to come over and train in the Isle of Man and stuff like that. And he lives over here now, Morris. So Morris would we would do hill hill sessions with him. Um, they were quite good, but other than that, there was really nothing. I, I had no sort of coaching, or yeah, right. I didn't work by any book or that. I was, I was just say even even to yourself there, but everyone now with the watches and everything, and giving them instant feedback of what they're doing. Were you Right, I need to do six and a half minute miles sort of no, thing. No, I'm going no, out. Just go just, and run. Just, just I run just as fast go, as I just go and run. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, every 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 sort of training session for me is like almost like a race. Yeah, right. It's great. And also in 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 the in the eighties, there was a lot of events that took place. The, the competitions that you're in that 
that there's about three or four in a, in a week so some of them eventually kept me going but, but most of my running was just done, done on my own on mm. my own sort of how I felt really how my body felt some days I'd go out and I'd just obviously just go and run about 17 miles and other days I'd just do maybe a 10k or a 6 mile mm. run but it was just it all figured out how I was at work, how I come home from work. I was lucky at Manx Airlines because we work shifts, so I could get up in the morning, go yeah. in the morning, or finish work and go run in the afternoon, or have days off in the week, and that. So I could play around with it quite a bit, and so I could go running when other people weren't weren't available anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you believe you're like when you look at people who've got because to, to to train and do you know a sub two forties? I'm not you know. Do you think people? Are, are you gifted with athletic ability and born with it, or do you think? Uh, and well, using think, yourself yeah, as an yeah, example, yeah. yeah, yeah, you've, yeah. The, I do think, you think anyone could go and do that with the right mindset, the right amount of training? Um, yeah, that's, I think there is a certain amount of ability that you do have. Okay. Obviously, I was, I'd say, when, from a younger age, I was I was always on the move. Yeah, yeah. I was always, we were always walking all over the place. We'd, women in Williston, we'd walk from Williston out to Port Sadwick, you know, and you guys don't think parents would frown on that now, nowadays, like, but um, no, I was, I was always on the go. So I think. There was obviously ability, a certain yeah. build that yeah, I had, yeah, that, yeah. That, an ability that I did have, and it was just maybe honing it probably really. Yeah. 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 Um, so how was the London Marathon? The London Marathon that you qualified for? Uh, well, I actually went and done in, in '86. I actually qualified for the um, the New York Marathon as well. So I went in '86 and done the New York Marathon also. Okay, right. Um, my New York Marathon was um, on my New York Marathon was I think it was three three oh three, but three hours and three minutes but I was stuck in the back of a field big field you know a group of people and that's one of the reasons after doing that one I thought I've got to have a a championship entry for a qualifying entry for the London Marathon because I just didn't want to be stuck in, in the back mm. of all the masses because you just like you'd spend for ages and, and in, in in New York one I was just zigzagging through everyone you probably run the next uh, three quarters of a mile just trying to yeah. get past people <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so I was quite pleased with the New York because it was a, it was a reasonable time considering I was it took me you know I suppose in M days once the gun went off that was it that was the time you got because when if you were last on another line yeah, yeah. You, you didn't get nowadays you've got a tag on you where you give you an actual time yeah. you didn't just didn't have that in them days so um, I was I was I was quite happy with it in some respects so I know I would have been under three hours yeah. Yeah. so then the next one. Uh, the next one obviously was London uh, was 87 that was my first London Marathon and myself because uh, myself Ray Kelly uh, another Southern Athletic Club member Mike Kelly and Maureen Oddy we blagged uh, I blagged some uh, airline tickets and myself and Mike Kelly and we work for Manx Airlines anyway so I blagged some tickets from the boss Terry Lydiard for Maureen and, and uh, Ray to come along and we ran and we had a football team at the time, Manx Airlines. So we ran in the green and white striped shirt to the oh. football team. Uh, so we went down for that. And I think we went down on the Friday because we had the Friday. And I remember we went we went to Pizza Land. Pizza Land it was. And we had this like, I don't know, pasta or pizza at the time. But then they had this, they used to have this all day salad thing, you know, you'd, you can help yourself and all that. So us lads being pigs, well, me being a pig, I sort of overloaded on that. And I think there must have been something dodgy in it because mm. the next day I just had food poison. I had the shakes, I had the yeah, runs. I, I had. I was sick, and I spent. We 
we went over to Battersea Park just to have a look at Battersea Park and the track there. And I remember being a luckily it was a sunny day, just lying in the sun shivering. Uh-huh. Uh, so and I was in with two minds. The others were okay, and I was in two minds with obviously to do. But you don't do all that running and all that work and go down yeah. there and not to run it. So I, I ran it, but I probably shouldn't have done it because um, I, was, I think that was that was over three hours. That was that was three. I think we about three or three. I think it was on uh-huh. that one. But the worst part of it was my mate Ray Kelly. He passed me going in into uh, Tower Bridge for the the um, before the the second. You you go under tower. You go through along coming through the cobble, cobbles. It was going towards Tower Bridge. You go over it when you're going out in the first lap, right. and then you come under it when you when um, coming back. And the buggy he passed me coming in on the cobbles, and he slapped me on the backside. And, uh, <laughs> And he, he actually, he beat me. He beat me by about, he was, he was inside, but I just couldn't catch him. He actually beat me by, no, I think it was a 3.11 and he was about 3.7 it was. So it was only about four seconds he beat me. Yeah, right. And I've never, I've never been able to live that down with him, you know, <laughs> since then. So, um, that You're was a valid a, excuse though, if you have food yeah, poisoning. Yeah, so. yeah. That was, that was a real, real big disappointment. But right. after that, they, they improved greatly after that. Yeah. Right, okay. How, yeah. Just oh, curiosity, how many people? Entries were in the back and oh, I think there's about twenty five thousand. Because how many are doing it now? I know it's a huge event sort of yeah. thing. Uh, are they still capping those numbers? I'm not really like, too sure oh, because right. uh, I haven't sort of followed it that closely the last few years. Uh, you see, um, basically because they don't have the television, so I, I don't get. <laughs> do you not have a TV? No, 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 no. no, no, no. I haven't had a TV for a long time. Oh right, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, but so I, I've TV lost, lost people aren't listening it's not a problem if you have <laughs> yeah, one yeah yeah, no, yeah. Um, I can lend no, you 120 quid to pay for no 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 it's not <laughs> that I just I, I, my, my, actually my television went ping once and I thought I'm not buying a license now to get you know right. another one just so I just you watch it. I keep getting these crotty letters from this TV license of <laughs> people you know they're quite demanding sometimes yeah, but yeah. No, yeah. I just I really haven't bothered. I've just, right. I, I, you know, nowadays you can catch up stuff on, yeah, on, yeah, on your laptop yeah, yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. but uh, that wasn't my thing. So, um, so running wise, what what was? I presume you came back after after London. Yeah, t- training, continued yeah. well, training um, hard, and well, uh, eighty seven, and then uh, eighty eight, um, eighty eight. I knew in eighty eight, I ran. Uh, there's a fifty k race, ran ran near perimeter track of of the. And it, well, it wasn't the NSC then. It was just like uh, football pitches, and it was just it wasn't a very good perimeter track. It used to flood all the time. I remember the fifty k race there. And was that hardcore or grass? Uh, that was on. It was like a bit. It's a bit tarmac I think. Okay, tarmac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was, it was yeah, you know, it was, it's not what we chipping up and as potholes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, no, it's not what it is now. And I do remember running a fifty k race there, getting up to the marathon uh, standard, uh, up to the marathon distance, and the stopping. No, and okay. not doing the 50k because I had to go and play football later on in yeah. the afternoon for Colby. <laughs> so um, I think I had a, a pretty good time in that when my time was good. And then um, then I went off in, uh, it was 88. We got obviously a qualifying time for London because I, I think you could, you could have your qualifying time twice. But I th- there's another, there's a couple of other marathons I ran in. I've had some of them down here, but I won't go to it. Um, 80, 80, Eight and I ran two thirty. I think it's two two thirty two in uh, in London in eighty eight, and then that set me up for 
89 and I mean just to go back to that time you, like world record wise what, what would they be around uh, 10 15 2 minute 10 2 minute 15 two t- I think it was 2 10 so many miles away, yeah, yeah. I, I know it wasn't yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and it was uh, we also there was there was qualifying times for Commonwealth Games as well and yeah. the qualifying Col- Commonwealth Games was always there 225 it used to be yeah. at that time but that was something I was going to try to attempt later on. That wasn't sort of in my radar at that point. Like, yeah. Anything, anything you thought you could achieve if you kept going the way you were? Yeah. Uh, well, well, I sort of went. I went on. I done my 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 best years of running really was probably about ninety one, ninety two, ninety three, ninety four. Um, <clears throat> because in ninety, um, well, eighty eight. That's when I done the yeah. two thirty two and thing. Then I went back in eighty nine. I can't remember what I had at the time in 89 in London, but yeah, that gave me a, a time to go to the Ireland Games because the Ireland Games in 1989 was in the Faroe Islands. Yeah. But instead of being like a, a half marathon like it had been in the previous ones, like in 85 in the Isle of Man and 87, was it in Guernsey in 87? Or was it Jersey? Anyway, I didn't go to it because I didn't get a qualifying time for the half marathon. Uh, but I was... The qualifiers for the Ireland Games, they decided the Faroe Islands wanted to put a marathon on and the qualifying time would be the two fastest marathon runners in, prior to a certain date. Okay. So I, obviously my time, I think was, uh, I think I'd probably done about 2.30, 2.32 again in the London that year. And my mate, Ray Kelly, he ran the same year and he'd done 2.47. So eventually we got to go to the uh, the, the Ireland Games and run right. the marathon. The marathon was very last leg there. Uh, it was a one heck of a course. It was like, it was like running up a big fjord and coming back down again. It was really, really windy. And um, there's a good good field there. But um, I was, I, there was, I, I, I was actually on, on the home run coming in. I was lying fourth at the time. So I was just off the uh, medal position. And I remember coming into the very, very finish and Jeff Cannell was there. And uh, I could hear Jeff Cannell saying, and here he is. And it's, and Ray Kelly's had a tremendous race. He's had a tremendous race. I'm thinking, Ray, does it, Jeff, you must know it's Robbie, you know. And, and, and as I was coming in, I could just hear Jeff Cannell saying all this. And I said, well, because I used to do motorcycle with him. And yeah, I, I've course, known him yeah. well. And I think, he's just saying, and Ray Kelly has had a tremendous run, a tremendous run. And as I crossed the line, about two seconds later, Ray Kelly come along and slapped oh. me on the back. And we'd seen there's a point in the in, in the race where you went up to a turning point and came back again. And that was probably had from that turning point, you probably had about three or four miles just to come back in. And Ray was right down the field at that point, but he obviously had a, a really good run in yeah, on right. that. And he and he, he sort of clocked me in a distance, and he was trying to sneak up on me no. once again. <laughs> but luckily, I just kept ahead of him. So we actually won the team gold medal that year. Okay, right. Okay. So that was really, that. really right, cool. Okay. That was and did it, you yeah. finish fourth in the end? Did you? I finished fourth. He finished fifth, yeah, and there's right. only two to count in it. Um, yeah, although yeah. they they did have teams of three, but it was only the first two to count right. in it. So we actually got a gold medal out of that. So oh, that was quite right, cool. Okay, yeah. yeah. What time was that? Um, it. Well, actually, it wasn't, speed no, um, it wasn't too. It wasn't too bad. I think it's about two thirty, two thirty-seven or something right. like that. And then, so obviously the standard generally within the get. I mean, the, I look at the Ireland Games now. The standard's so hard across all the sports. But even back then, to to come forth and that do that quick time. Obviously, there's a good feel there. Yeah, yeah. No, there was. Um, well, in in um, I'd say in the from about eighty-eight to about ninety-five. 
there's a really good core of uh, middle distance and long distance runners on the Isle of Man. Mm. There's a fantastic group actually, to tell you the truth. And and we'd be competing against each other in in like in the summertime. There'd be so many different races going on, which we we don't have anymore. You, you, we used to have the um, Douglas to Castle Town. We used to have a Peel to Castle Town. We used to do a Castle Town back to Peel at times. We had one called the Boundary Stroll. We had mm. the uh, Peel to Douglas, which is a, a, a classic race, you know. And all these these races have disappeared now. Yeah. But is that it, just due to participation or no road safety or more than anything. Just health and safety more than anything. You know that the roads. You know you run on main roads and and it was even them days. It wasn't too bad. The traffic wasn't too bad on the road. Like, but there's no way you could sort of hold them now. You know. Yeah, yeah. So um, in in them sort of years, was a, you, you could go into some of the races uh, and. Obviously, the people in them in them days when I was sort of getting into running was like so the the main people you were chasing was Steve Kelly, and then there's a guy called Dave Newton, and then there's another lad called Colin Halsell. They were the sort of the the seniors off off the run at the time, and you were sort of like running in their wake a little bit. Yeah. Um, and Steve Kelly was he's another guy with a phenomenal history as well. Um, he um, he would always he stuff set off and like so the the Peel the Douglas race and you'd all be running in a group and then Steve would be just chatting away chatting away to everyone and he gets a bit of mile and he thinks alright I've had enough now and just go off and leave everyone <laughs> uh, so we spent quite a number of years sort of chasing him and then yeah. eventually catching Steve up and then passing him because he'd been in the game a lot longer than what I had he's obviously been going since he was about 11 or something like that too was I came into the running Still felt it's young, but no, maybe not quite that young, really. I was well into my 20, uh, late 20s anyway, yeah, before right. I was doing it. So he, he'd probably his body been hammered quite a lot before then. So in, in them in them years, there was a terrific amount of races going on, a terrific amount of runners. You had like Steve Kelly's and uh, Dave Newton, I said, and Colin Halls. Or then you'd, you'd go into someone you said you spoke to that before, Andy Fox, Chris Quine, Johnny Abavani, yeah, right, yeah. um, this guy called Robbie Cook, who's no longer around. Um, guy called Kevin Almondson, Alan Gage, who was a bit of a cyclist yeah, yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Then Ray Cox, who's now the the, the, the chairman of the parish, parish walk. Yeah. There's there's a whole gang of lads there, and and any one of them races that you, you lined up on, you know, anyone could have sort of won yeah, the time. Yeah, you're pushing yourself on there as well. Two you? Clark brothers, Paul Clark and uh, Graham Clark. You know, they were they were two really good runners yeah. as well. Yeah, I think yeah. I remember Paul. I went to the games in '95, and I think he was there doing. The half or the marathon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, cause I think it was one of the first events on yeah. in Jersey, and then yeah, he had a week a week holiday yeah. after that. So, so, so early nineties then carried on running after the games in eighty nine. Yeah, well, um, I, I, well, it was it was just all the running. Then I got into everything. I was doing like fell running, right. I was doing the mountain marathon. I was doing all most of the fell races that were going on there. Then I got involved with uh, just another classic event which took place. I, I ran it in eighty six. Actually, the first one was a TT40, which is round, running around the TT course. So I, ra- I ran that in 86, and I I think I finished fifth in 86. Mm. And then I then ran again in 1990, and I finished second in 1990. And then I don't know whether they didn't hold it in 91. I'm not too sure or why, but I didn't do 91. Then 92, I ran it in 92. And I won it. Right. Uh, I was the first Manx person to win it. Oh, I've never heard of it, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. It started... Um, so roads well, closed it, or not? Uh, no, no, it was on open roads. Obviously, that's another reason why it's yeah, gone as well. Um, uh, originally, it started... Um, got a, 
Well, it's the, 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 the last one that I, I ran, it started at the NSC. And what he did, he obviously went on to the TT course. And he ran all the, the TT course all the way till he come to Governor's Bridge. And then he bared left and went down Blackwater Lane, Summerhill, along the promenade, mm-hmm. and then back to the... Um, NSC to finish there, right, so okay. that that gave it the forty miles. Right. But um, it used to start. Did we see? Yeah, we started on the promenade. It used to start that. You know, there used to be an old mine there at one time. Oh, right, okay. That's where the parish walk finish used to be. There's okay. an old one of them, you know, floating mines with the big spikes on it. Yeah. That. Um, okay. Oh yeah, I do remember it, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. there's one in Peel at one point. You know, it was one of the ones. Um, it used to float around the water, and the ships hit. They, they got blown up yeah, like. Yeah. Uh, well, that was where the um, parish walk sort of finished all the time. That's where the TT40 started oh, right. in the early days and finished there as well. Right. So I... Um, time time to time would you run the, that? Uh, well, my best course, time was four hours, 22 right. minutes as it was. So right. it's not too bad. Really. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it'd be sort of a great kind of iconic event, wouldn't it, where they yeah. can, you know, you shut the roads for, for, for a day yeah, and let yeah, yeah. you know, run... No, it was, and then it, 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 it had a big history as well. It went back a long, a long right. time, yeah. But I was, uh, I was the um, the only Manxman to win it, anyway. right, and okay. we don't hold That's it good. anymore now. So yeah, hopefully, yeah, I keep yeah. that record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's not try and resurrect it now. No, 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 no. Yeah. And then um, obviously the Alaman Marathon. Um, originally, I started, the first Alaman Marathon I done was eight eighty eight, which is down at the. Um, it started at uh, Ronsor Aircraft Social Club there, uh, and used to do. Um, four laps of the Sid Quirk course, yeah. oh, right. which okay, is yeah. the Sid Quirk's obviously half marathon. So, yeah, yeah. um, that's sort of like up to Balasala, past Russian Abbey, and then tags on to the, the Southern Hundred course going the opposite way around. Yeah. So you come back into Castletown, the opposite way along the Southern Hundred course straight, and then back up past the airport. So yeah, yeah. four laps of that. So I um, I actually finished second that, but as an English guy, I won it. So I won the my first marathon championship that year in 88 right, okay. then they moved it up to Ramsey then uh, which is the course that we went around with Christian yeah. on this penultimate yeah, uh, marathon yeah, the 18th marathon yeah, yeah. yeah. so um, they started that in 90 so I, I, I ran that in 90 so I actually won 1990 I won 91 92 93 and 94 right. so I won that five years on the trot the fifth year um uh, I finished second. There was a guy come over from England, and I think he set the record then on that course. A two, 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 two. I think he was two twenty nine. He might have been on that wow. course. I think I've had two thirty two on that course. Right. Um, and then after that, uh, I just got involved with um, just other various uh, marathons like Liverpool Marathon. I ran in. Um, I ran in Lisbon twice. Obviously New York once, Iceland once, right. Copenhagen twice. Uh, the Ironman Marathon, I think I've done nine Ironman Marathons. Oh, wow, so okay. I've won nine championships as well. Do you know your best yeah. ever marathon time? Yeah, London 1993, right. it was 2 hours 28.59. So right. I rounded down to 2.28. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah, sounds yeah. better. Yeah, right. better. So at, at one time I had the third best Manx Marathon, fastest Manxman. Then Ollie Lockley came along and... Uh, God, who's the other one that came along then? Oh, I should remember it. Oh, dear, 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 dear. Anyway, I'm sorry, I apologise. So there is someone else. Oh, I... Um, Keith Gerrard. Right? Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry, Keith. Um, so yeah. they obviously pushed me back in other two places. Yeah, like, but yeah, right. 
I was quite happy with that, really. Yeah, you know, because yeah, yeah. most of the other ones were more established club runners and, and went through sort of coaching sort of phase. Like, yeah, yeah. as I told you before, I just, just, I, just ran off, I just ran off my own sort of yeah, yeah. wit, really. Yeah. And out of those places you mentioned there of doing your marathons, favorite one, as in favorite place to run, you know, course and city. Uh, I know you're not probably trying to take in the scenery too much while you're uh-huh. down through everyone, but is there one way? Of, they, I, I, like, I suppose. Uh, New York was quite an eye opener because I think <clears throat> the masses of people that are out watching it and the fact that you could run through all these boroughs of New York one day and the next day you try to go in there you could take your life in your own yeah, hands yeah, like right. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but there's, there's there's other ones I mean to say I enjoyed Iceland as well Iceland was a nice one to go and run in and uh, Lisbon as well yeah um, they're, they're all sort of pretty special really yeah and everything self funded yeah they were um, I was I was actually quite lucky really because um working for Manx Airlines I, I used to get concessionary travel yeah, right. and then and the spin-off for that as well was um which we started in 1989 there used to be we found out there's an annual airline road running race which is a 10k and a 5k race which yeah. took an, a certain airline would sponsor it and then um they would hold it in their either their country or, or their nearest their corporate headquarters so the first one we we uh, went to was sponsored by Lufthansa and we, we ran in uh, Hamburg uh-huh. and then we went off to um, after that we went off to uh, the other ones we went off to Cancun in Mexico because Mexicana had it we went off to uh, San Francisco so just San for Francisco. employees of airlines then yeah 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 yeah. and um, there, there were supporters could come along as well and enter it but basically it was, it was very it was, it was pretty competitive actually yeah. There's a Mexican guy who used to sort of mop up and he's doing like thirty minute ten k's. Right. So you'd you'd run the you'd run a you'd run a ten k, and then um, you'd have a break and then there's a there's a five k race. So we would just do both of them. We were Durban, South Africa, we ran in yeah, okay. uh, Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, Brussels, and, yeah. uh, and luckily in in uh, in Brussels and uh, Dublin we also went to Dublin with Aer Lingus and we I was working for the airline. Well, the one in Dublin, the boss allowed us a 360 aircraft to fly, a whole lot of staff over to compete oh, in right, it, okay. which is really, really good. Yeah, yeah. And then the other one, we got uh, staff could travel via our network to, to Brussels as well. So we yeah. had quite a lot of staff that competed in that. But I, 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 I sort of held my own up in them races pretty well too. I would, I would get, um, I'd get placed in, 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 them, in my age category anyway yeah, yeah. at the time. So I've got quite a few of them trophies at home. One of the, one of the when I one of the things I did find I'm saying there wasn't much on the internet, which isn't surprising now you mentioned everything got TV, but is uh, the over, whether it, the record still stands you got the vet over thirty over thirty five half marathon record that's what it said on appreciate the website might be long out of date yeah are you aware of that uh not not really I'm not um, really aware of most of the records no, right. I talk about it was one ten for a half marathon. Yeah, yeah, that was... Um, 90, born in 93, I haven't written it down, but I can't quite remember Yeah, I think it was, uh, it might have been uh, for 91, because we went to oh. the Island Games in Ireland. Oh, right, okay. I was at the um, NSC, the perimeter track then, I think it was a Manx Airlines sponsored event where they used to bring sort of national uh, runners over and walkers over. Mm. I think Alan Gage has pipped me by about, about three or four seconds in that one, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that... I knew I'd done 70 minutes um, and a few, whatever the seconds were. And that yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't written that down. So, uh, so yeah, you said you carried on running through sort of the early 90s. Did you run and then come to an end at some point in the 90s? Uh, or, well, or have you, you know, did that carry on even up into the sort of parish walk years? Well, what I did is um, 
1995 and then rolled into 96. Well, <clears throat> unfortunately, my dad was... Um, at the end of 95, my dad was diagnosed with uh, cancer then, mm. 95. So so 96 is a bit of a pretty shit year because he spent uh, about nine months sort of really in a bad way trying to get treatment for it and stuff like that. So I sort of lost a, a little bit of momentum. <clears throat> so from 97, 98, I was, maybe, I was still still doing some 10Ks and stuff like that, but I'd sort of like come off the scene a little bit in some respects. Mm. Um, so I just really, I'd sort of probably picked it back up again in... Uh, 2000 because i'd set myself <clears throat> with millennium year coming up i set myself a bucket list of things to do and one of them was um in 2000 the Alman vets club had the uh vets marathon championship on the Alman. they were they're the host club for it normally it's different clubs throughout the uk hold it so i set my mind on having a having a, a run in that because uh, i fancied being a British champion, yeah. <laughs> for want of a better word, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I thought I'd probably have a fairly decent chance of it, and we've just got Mac together again. So I obviously focused on my running there, um, and the other thing I, I focused on what I wanted to do was uh, also do the parish walk. So my first parish walk was in uh, two thousand as well. So the um, what time are you with the vets champs? Vets champs were August and the parish walk was obviously in, in its normal place in yeah. June. So should be yesterday, shouldn't it? I mean, we're sat here now on the twenty first. Yeah, yeah, been, yeah, yeah. It should yeah. have been. Yeah, yeah. yeah it would have been everyone would be hobbling around. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You won't be sat here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and also within that year as well, I set myself another challenge, which was related to my dad. Really, <clears throat> was uh, there's a pilgrimage walk across Spain. Uh, it's about five hundred miles across Spain. It's uh, right. um, the Camino de Santiago. So I set my challenge that I wanted to go and walk that, but I wasn't walking the what was recognised 500 distance. I started a little bit further in in a place called Pampaloma, uh, where they run the bulls, and yeah. walked to Santiago. And it was, uh, I don't think the actual distance was a challenge to me. I, I just sort of, it is a pilgrimage walk and, and people just doing it, you know, at their own pace and that. And I wasn't really doing it for sporting effort or anything. The main thing why I was just in for was just some sort of dedication to a father. Yeah. But I knew I only had a certain amount of time which I could do it in two weeks. I could have off work. So um, I sort of looked at the, the the schedules that you had for it and I thought, well, for every day, walking day that's in the schedule, it's a 32 walking day schedule. Uh, I, I would just right. double them up and sort of halve the days so I could get, okay. get it done in time. Uh-huh. And that was... The momentum to, to put me under a little bit more pressure then because i knew that i could i could walk it it's just that whether i could walk them them double blocks together yeah, um, yeah, right. and I, I did do it and i, I finished okay and i'm uh, my feet were a bit sore and all that but it was uh, just an amazing thing to go and do to walk back to back days all the time yeah, you know yeah, for yeah. I, I was i think Can i was i think i was uh, 16 days doing it Right. Um, How many miles each day? Okay. Uh, well, the, the, and, they know. varied really. They varied um, between uh, it was probably about twenty miles, and then I think there was a couple of days where I put in a, a couple of thirty mile days yeah, as well. Right. Uh, but obviously, you've got the train that you're going over, and and uh, yeah. the weather and stuff like that, and you're carrying everything. I was going to say self support <coughs> as well. Yeah, you've yeah. got everything, all the clothing, and pick up water and food, and just stick in your rucksack. And, and once you start putting a rucksack on your back and it just puts all that pressure through your feet. Your feet just, uh, yeah. you know, they feel pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. So I, d- I went off in, um, it, was, it was April time to do that. So I've done that, came back. Then obviously you had the parish uh, parish walk to go and do. 
So I've done the parish walk, but I'll be having a little chat about it before there. Um, 2001, I always felt that with mobile running and that, that I'd never accomplished anything until I finished the parish walk. Yeah. So that was my main focus, 2000, finished the parish walk. And I went down to the parish walk. Um, I actually drove down in my car, parked it over by the, the casino somewhere. We came along with a, the mate of mine. Um, started in the Villamarina Gardens and I was literally the last one out in the Villamarina Gardens. Too busy gossiping in the gardens. Uh, right? Yeah, well, I was also with the, 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 my friend that I'd, that I'd come down with. He was, he was going to walk to Peel and then he was going to get my kit bag, which was left with his girlfriend and she was going to pick him up and they were going to take it, bring it out to me. So I walked with him for a little bit then I decided to push on. I sort of made my way through the field and um, I think when I come into Peel I was probably in about 20th position clocking in through Peel and then after that I was on the road <clears throat> and as I left Peel I was getting further and further away from Peel and I was just waiting for my bag and my, my food and stuff like that to come up because Honestly, I don't think in them days, and I hope Ray Cox is not listening at the moment, I'm positive in them days it wasn't that you had to have a compulsory supporter. I think it came in later after that. Um, so there's a good lady called Gladys Callow who kept me going. She kept me fed in the sandwiches for quite a bit. Then there's another couple of guys, um, a supporter of the guy that was behind me, Boyd Millen, his name was, the, the walker. And his supporter, he, he kept an eye on me. So... Um, he kept an eye on me and I just blagged my food off that. So in the end, I ended up going, getting all the way around and I finished in fifth place. And then after that, I just Not had bad. a... It wasn't, well, yeah, it wasn't too bad. You know? I mean, say, if I'd, if I'd, as, as I discussed before, yeah. if I'd have done it properly, which was what my focus was the following year, was to be A, on, on the start line, and B, to have proper backup, um, then I knew I'd be in, with, in, a, in a chance of having a good walk. And yeah. That. Yeah. Can I just ask that you said you didn't feel like you've accomplished anything until you did your patch walk. Well, we've just... What, why is that? Because we've just spent 50 minutes like going through how much you've achieved up to that point. So I'm just interested to know why well, you, you think that. The, the reason, because um, I was surrounded by so many people that had done the parish walk. With, with, with the, the Castanel drinkers getting involved with it, <clears throat> they were all sucking other people in, you know, they're roping people in to do crazy things like the, the obviously the parish walk and the, mm. the mountain marathon, Manx mountain marathon and Tim Bath racing and pushing beds and stuff like that. But there's quite a lot of guys within the, the Castanel drinkers who'd actually successfully finished the parish walk, you know, and they were athletes by any means. Mm. And I just thought, well, you know, I've got to be able to do that because I can't raise my head up above there. You know, there was, I, I could name these characters, but I, I'd be doing them a disservice, you know, because some of the, the way there's some, I know, I know one guy who walked all the way around, he had a pint in every pub, and there was a lot more pubs in them days, you know, and he walked all the way around. Um, so I just felt that I really had to do the parish walk, and once I'd done that, I felt that I could have accomplished a lot. Of, I could accomplish yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff. So I finished, obviously, in 2000, and then the thing was then, I knew I could go better than fifth place in 2000. So 2001, I was, I was focused on that. I'd, I'd done a lot more training for it. I'd actually, well, I'd, I'd done a lot more walking training, but I'd also been doing a lot more running. I'd, I'd run the, the 2001 London Marathon that year as well also. So oh, right, okay. I came off some, some sort of quite good training, really. So I just focused on it and I was... Just before we jump into 01 then, you yeah. mentioned the Vets Champs on the Isle of Man in 2000. How did that end up? Oh, yeah, well, um, I actually, well, I finished second 
in the race, but the guy who's who won it was a junior and he wasn't in the vets, he wasn't entered in the vets competition. So I was the first vet to win that. Right. So I, I was forty five at the time, so I won the vets. Right. I was forty five vet winner as right. opposed okay. to forty. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I got one over in the forty guy, forty year old guys. Um so I got my British Championship. Yeah, right, okay. Which is quite nice to have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well to say that you have it anyway, put it that way. But um so that was it's a lot accomplished in that, you know, that year you talk about the, the yeah. long walk, the parachute. Yeah, 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 yeah. And but, but you don't at the time and suddenly now when you guys sort of ask me to come and think and I'm thinking, well I'll just look back on some of the stuff I did do, you just don't realise what you have done until you do start looking back a little yeah, bit because yeah. once I've sort of been a person I just close the door on that one and just move on to the next one really, yeah. yeah. So with so, the um, so a, a, a one parish. Yeah, that was my main focus, and and um, I knew that if if I walked as well as I could do, I knew I could sort of be in the shout of winning it. So you mentioned before we came on, you kind of use the word power walker. Is that yeah. uh, rather than the kind of race walking that people perhaps see a bit more now? That was something you just. Is that something you picked up from the walk the year before where you had to do back to back walks? Uh, mm maybe probably yeah it's just i don't know it's just it's the most comfortable way for me to walk really yeah, yeah. you know i just i can't really I'm, i was probably too old in in order to get into the uh the supple hips and, and that sort of stuff um, <laughs> Those tight so, itbs yeah I was, I was probably i was just i was too stiff in the back and stuff like that so it, for me it was and i honestly I, I don't i never realized how much i swung my arms until I, it was a couple of years later on when the TV crew come over and filmed the parish right, walk a few okay. years. Yeah. That's when I realised uh, how much I was swinging my arms and and what an unorthodox sort of style I do have. And then there's been since then there's been instances where I'm walking past vehicles. I've sort of cleared them, but next minute my hand clacks a wing mirror, <laughs> and, I, and it seems miles away from me. But um, I have got a probably an orthodox style, but it suits me and yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, it's done me okay. Yeah, in the too past. right. Yeah, I know yeah. a lot of people who keep shouting at me. <laughs> uh, to to get my arms raised and stuff like that, but it, I just can't get into it doing that yeah, sort of right, way. Right, yeah. So I um, obviously worked at it, and and in two thousand and one, I took it fairly easy to start. And I remember there's about three or four people ahead of me. Uh, Dave Griffiths is one of them. There's a couple other. Uh, Marie Latham was another one. Uh, just ahead of me, going into uh, Russian, and. I sort of pegged them back and at the top of Slock, I was in the, in the lead at that point and that that was it. Then after Slock, I just right. just opened up. And though that previous year and I suppose all the years, have you ever fueling, drinking, always been fine, has it? Have you ever really uh, just, does that go off instinct again, the support and yeah, making sure well, you have enough? Uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's strange really because people keep asking me, you know, what sort of food intake you have and all that. And to be honest, I haven't got a, I've got nothing really sorted yeah, out in any way yeah, whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. Just what it feels like on the day, really. You know, yeah, yeah. you probably tend to have more stuff in your vehicle than you really, really need. You go down to the shop the day before and you just buy <laughs> tons of stuff and half the stuff you got in there, you don't particularly fancy anyway. Yeah. But uh, obviously the main thing is you have got to keep your food intake up uh -huh. um, and it's stuff that's probably easy to digest or get into your mouth. I went into, there's a phase for taking baby food for a, a long oh, number right, of years yeah. as well because they come in like sachets mm. already. Uh, so you just it's just getting used to feeling of it in your mouth and then after that and then swallowing it. Um, but yeah, I, I used that and 
stuff like rice pudding and and, and stuff that's been blended a little, little yeah, bit more it's yeah, easy, easy to, to intake down, it yeah. Yeah, yeah and obviously your water and hydration is, is a major sort of thing yeah, to keep yeah, up because yeah. you you just don't realize how much water you lose not on the event and we've mm. had some really really hot hot days yeah yeah so um so those year on years were they like those first couple of years just I suppose you look back now, it's, Matt, it's such a legacy that you've left there. Were you conscious of continuing to win each year and build that? Yeah, well, once I got that, was that first one under my belt and then I felt confident for, for 2002 and I, and I obviously did <clears throat> win 2002 and I, and I sort of improved on my time quite dramatically, really, yeah. Because um, I think I was... Uh, my first time in, in 2000 was 18.45, I think, 18 hours, 45 minutes. And then I came down to just under the first year I won it. I could see the clock ticking. It was at 16, 16 hours, 59. And I was just, I, I just scraped in under the, under the 17 hour mm-hmm. mark, which is obviously, it's nice to be 16 hours as opposed to 17 yeah, hours in yeah, one second. Yeah. So I, I got in under 16 hours, uh, under 17 hours on that. And then I think the following year, I dropped it back even more than to 16.35 in 2002. And then um, 2003, I lost out in 2003. Uh, so that made me more determined in 2004 then. And, and those are one or two years. Were you also running outside or doing a walk? And all uh, yeah, walking? I was, I was yeah. doing quite a bit. I was still, I was, you know, doing crossover both, bits of both. But then I think it was probably about 2000. Well, it wasn't actually 2004 that I, I, I knuckled down. I was still running then because... Um, um, 2004, I also um, ran my last marathon on the Isle of Man, 2004. Uh-huh. That was until Christian Varley came along. That was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, all right, um, yeah, Because yeah. <laughs> uh, in 2004, I also uh, had one more go at run the marathon. And uh, I, um, well, it was obviously, I, I, I walked the, I, I, oh, sorry, I'd done the parish walk. I finished the parish walk in 2004. I won it. And then obviously in August I'd done the parish, uh, sorry, ran the ma- marathon, and Ian Ian Gale was he'd won it the previous year, and he was hot favourite. Oh, he'd won the twenty miles a couple of m- months earlier, and Ian was he was in top form, like, and he was probably favourite to win it really, yeah. So I trailed Ian for about the first lap, and then coming in the second lap up Bright Hill again the second time, I just passed him going up the hill. Um, kept ahead of him, so I won it. So that was right. my last sort of win on on uh, right. on that. So I won that, and then also during the twenties, uh, sorry, the two thousands, two thousand and two was the first running off the west coast of the end to end. So okay, two thousand two, yeah. right. I won the end to end. In two thousand two, and that of course we all still know today. Straight, yeah, 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 straight down, straight the coast. down yeah. Um, ran down past Jerby, round yeah. the Cronk. Uh, through Kurt Michael, then the parish walk course, virtually back to Russian Church, and then up over the hill. Then after yeah, that, yeah. yeah. So they they the the Vets Club resurrected that on the west coast course because obviously the traffic was a lot easier than the other coast. Um, two thousand two, so I won two thousand two on that, two thousand three, and two thousand and four. Oh, yeah. So in two thousand and four, I achieved winning the um, parish walk, the marathon, and the end. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I I've, that's. Triple crown. Yeah, in some respects, yeah. Um, so I was quite pleased with that one as well. Yeah. And also then, and in, in, I think I, I might be wrong, but I'm sure I won the first six end to ends on the on the on the on the west okay. coast right. consecutively. Yeah, right. So and I, and so I had, I think I had, 
uh, was it 90, 91, 92, 93, 94. So I had five consecutive wins on the uh, on the, the marathon. And I've had five wins in the Paris Walk, but uh, I lost out on consecutive ones in 2003 because I, I was on a run for, you know, I won 2003, which I didn't, you know, I would have had three, but then I won 2004, yeah, yeah. but that's by the by, you just can't go over that. So obviously 2004, I won the Paris and then come back in 2005. Yeah. And then 2005, we got very close that year to uh, the all-time record of uh, Derek Harrison's, which is two hours and 25 minutes, no, two hours... 20 minutes sorry I was 2.25 so 2 hours and 20 minutes I think Derek's time so 2006 by that time we had a little group of walkers going we called ourselves the Balagur Breakfast Club mm. uh, in, in it was myself um, Rowie Crellin who's, a, who's, a, who's a, been the ladies winner um, Sean Hans was in it Eamon Hark and Andrew Titley mm. uh, there was a good group of us um, and we, that year we, we trained really really hard and obviously it showed up because every one of us PB'd that year and then Sean had the best PB because he, he beat the record and he knocked, knocked nearly half an hour off the record, right, I think right. it was. so. Uh, and I obviously beat Derek's time as well. Um, but unfortunately you remember Sean's, what it was, what time he did? Uh, my best, I think it's 15, 16, and I think it's three seconds. It is right, it, yeah. Right, right, right. So... That was probably a bit of an icing on the cake, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was glad it was a it was a crack it was a cracking race. I, I do remember having a knee problem. My knee suddenly hurt. It wasn't. It was on the inside of the knee. So it was like it felt like bone and bone rubbing. Mm. I I seriously felt like stopping at Lazare, but then there was a couple of people that were out supporting me, and I thought, well, I can't stop with them there. And then they had the TV people at Sky Rover filming that year as well, and um, they had uh, the TV camera in a van. And the van must have done about a mile just in front of me right. and made me walk all the way out to Mackled. And I thought, I can't stop now because, you know, yeah. that's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I just put it back in my mind and kept on going. So, because I had the troubles, um, I had a good walk. Um, but Sean, Sean's was a phenomenal walk that year. Sean, a race, did he race walk, if that's the right term? Uh, well, Sean's, it, it, Sean just got a really good start. He, 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 he practiced on his race walking technique, but he also... He can he can go into the power walking as well when okay. he comes to the hills, you know, and oh, right. and just okay. drop his arms a little bit more and just power walk a bit more up the hills. But I think of anyone, Sean's had the the best style for doing the uh, the parish walk. Yeah. I'm sure he could have even brought the time down lower himself. Right. Unfortunately, he suffered from a groin injury and it dogged him for a number of years. And then in 2006, he also won the hundred mile walk here in in the Isle of Man. Okay, we had a hundred mile walk around, around the, the NSC, yeah. yeah. And he won that, but he ended up going to hospital. And I think that sort of knocked him back a little bit as well. Right, okay. So and he's never really bounced back from that, unfortunately, because you know he had the ability. Because in two thousand and eight, he had another go at it, and uh, he was I think he was about ten minutes ahead of his own record in two thousand eight. But then he, he, I think he pulled up with Andreas or something like that. Right. His groin had gone on him mm-hmm. again, so right. he's never come back from that, unfortunately. So your last year of winning was oh seven. Uh, yeah. it was oh seven, yeah, yeah, and that was the year because obviously Sean. It won 2006, and we were walking together again in 2007, and we were, we were walking together, and I was expecting him at some point, he's just going to go off like he done last time in 2006. He left me at uh, at the top on Dolby Mountain. He just went off and left me at Dolby Mountain at that point in 2006, and we're heading towards uh, Russian Church and up the Slock, and I thought, 
up Balaclawi and so he's going to pull away at some point here and we got to the top of Balaclawi where Tom the Dippers is uh, yeah. and he just said to me I'm stopping Robbie and I just said what do you mean he said I'm stopping he said my legs are cramping up <clears throat> so I just said well let's just walk it off a little bit then he said no 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 I said no there's no way he can carry on. So he, he stopped and that was a big shock to me because he, he, he had no signs. He, he, he didn't have any signs yeah, of stress yeah, on him yeah. at all or anything like that. He, he looked to be walking his normal self. So Sean pulled off the track at that point. So I just kept on walking. So that was my last win. Yeah. Um, How much do you think the parish is in, in like the, the mental battle? Oh, 70% it is, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you talk about Sean then, you obviously yeah. through, through his head, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying he's talking himself out of it, but by the time he's come to the point of saying, I'm stopping, yeah. he's obviously been thinking about it for X period of time yeah, before yeah. that. So yeah. that, that, that yeah. Because it's such a mind game when that decision Yeah, and made. obviously, because I've been talking to him as we're walking out there, and he's obviously thinking, well, I'm, I'm, Robbie must be walking, he's, he's looking good, he's yeah, yeah, like that. So yeah, it's hard to really, really tell, you yeah, know, yeah. and it's it's um, it's a funny, it is a really, really funny, funny event. It is a mental one, and, and the least little thing can either upset you and send you off the rails completely. So you just got to, you know, just got to put everything to the back of your mind. And to throw it to the other side of it, whether you want to get into the sportsmanship side of it, do you ever see people play that sort of game of all? Um, you know, like you say, saying they're walking with uh, your thing in, and suddenly uh, they're putting a little kick well, into the spot, you know, or talking yeah, yeah. off. You're really tired, and the next minute, up the next hill, they're, uh, yeah, they're, they're shooting off. You know, yeah. There's there's quite a bit of that going on. Yeah, yeah. There's 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 quite a bit of. Um, sort of cat and mouse also there's, there's a bit of cat and mouse within their supporters as well you know because well, when you're out on the road for a long time and you fairly you know virtually where everyone is because of the way the support cars yeah, are coming up oh, there yeah. you know and the support cars have got the numbers in the cars well, at least some of them do or some of them hide their number a little <laughs> bit but you get to, you, get, you get to know which ones and therefore, you, you can get an idea of if someone's catching you without even being told that whether yeah, where right. the support cars are. But then you can play mind games with your support cars. Right? You, know, you can either hold your support car back. I'm giving people tips. Right? <laughs> you can either hold your support car back longer so the person thinks, oh, well, they're, they're, they're not catching on me. Yeah. You know, I must be pulling away. And the next minute, then you start pushing the support car up quicker and quicker and quicker all the time. Yeah, and right. and you, you, put, you can put people mentally pressured there. And there's other things where even when you walk and you know in your line sight a person, you, there's certain places when you get to a, a corner, you sort of like get around the corner and just dip into the hedge a little bit and yeah. keep in as tight as you can do. Lots I've done that in lots of marathon runs as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But they're, they're, they're all doing it, you know. And yeah, and yeah, yeah. yeah there is there's mind games going on with everyone. Really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people talking at you all the time. And, yeah. Yeah, it's inter- It's an interesting. Uh, a lot of our podcasts we talk about the the mind, mm. and uh, I think. But yeah, when I look at sports on our mind, I think the parish is such such a mind game. I haven't, it, it, I haven't, it I haven't is, done you know, it myself. I'm, and I'm, like we were saying before, I'm stubborn and got around, and I wasn't particularly fit at the time. But it was all about just you know just the mind, really. Most I, of it was about the mind. I, d- I do believe anyone can finish the parish walk. <clears throat> they obviously have to put a little bit of training into it, but if, it's a mental fitness, you know. Yeah, yeah. If you're strong enough, you, immensely you'll get yourself around there. Yeah. And I've seen, I've seen uh, a lot of lot of massive efforts at the back of the uh, the event. In in uh, between sort of like 2015 to about 2017, I spent walking at the back with with other people. Um, as a South African friend of mine, he came over after, he came over in 2013, finished it, 
and that was his epiphany of sporting career and he, he played really good standard of cricket in South yeah, Africa yeah, okay. and football and, and so much so he, he lives, breathes the parish walk. In 2014, he, he was diagnosed with a, a bowel cancer so he had a, had a major operation and he had problems uh, due to sort of severed loads of nerves below so he'd lost a lot of feeling below and obviously he couldn't control himself below. So he just in talking to him because he came over in 2014 to, to support the South Africans that, that came over because there, there used to be quite a few of them coming, coming yeah, over yeah. Um, so he, he came over and obviously I was chatting to him um, and he said he wants to do the parish walk again next year he couldn't do it this year because obviously he's not well enough so I said to him well if you get well we'll have a celebrate your lap next year so he did so we walked around the, the, the parish walk with him um, and got him around and it was, it was, he was he, to be honest he overcooked it before he even got to the slock right. he, he, unfortunately I, I let him find his own pace to start off with um, and he'd had you know he'd had a talking clock on his arm you know uh, like Strava or whatever yeah. it was and it was telling the speed and stuff like that he'd obviously had a program and he was, he was going way too fast right. and so by the time I caught up with him sort of hauled him back and asked him well really told him not to listen to what he's got on his arm um, he'd, he'd cramped up really really badly so it was a case of then just getting him, getting him through and, and he, got, he got himself around yeah, yeah. and so he was he was pretty he was he had to dig deep deep yeah, himself yeah, yeah. to go and do that like but um, I've seen him dig deep but during that walk with him because we were like that's my longest parish walk I've ever had I, I've seen places in the daylight that I never see places in the daylight you know and places dark that I don't see in the dark on the parish walk so um during that day, because you're tuning from with all the other people, there's some massive efforts going in, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. People you can see were in tremendous trouble with their feet, you know, people with their backs when the back's going, you start leaning over, yeah, yeah, but yeah. just sticking with it. Yeah. You know, Did these you ever just, have any major foot problems or anything? Uh, I mean, you're kind of the story people tell, or that you see is uh, Dudley Butt's foot. Oh, uh, yeah. Was, uh, well, I have had that. I had the one we went, uh, we went to. In 2017, we went to Robben Island to walk a 100-mile walk on Robben Island for the South African Centurion Walk. And uh, there's a part of the course which is like, it's like co concrete, but they put chippings in it as well. So it's, it's, and it's got a hell of a camber. And my, my feet were blistering up really, really bad. And then once I just slid on, on that, and the, like my shoe gripped and my, my, my foot went on the inside. And it just sort of peeled all the skin back. Um, so we spent the next two days after that event just hobbling around Cape Town mm -hmm, yeah, yeah. but um, no there's there's you always have blisters and bits of yeah stuff and you always there's, everyone has a little bit of doubt in their minds at times you know you know that even last year's last year's one uh, with um, Richard and Liam you know they were going battling out at the front and it was a really really hot day Richard Richard stopped I think was it just after Lazare but to be honest, maybe if Richard had kept going a little bit longer, Liam might have pulled out because I think they were both possibly just on the edge at that yeah, point because right. they were pushing each other quite hard. And, you know, it just needs one person to fall out. And then obviously Stay Liam then was the under no pressure yeah, for a bit because yeah. I know that I think the French guy that was over, he was probably about 20 minutes behind Liam at that point. So it gave him a breathing space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just any least little thing can sort of push you over. Yeah. You know? yeah. Do you, do you know the years you, you walk it now? And, and Well, maybe the first question is, I presume you're competitive by nature. That's a, yeah, 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 yeah. So do you find now, what? I mean, you're obviously still at the front end, but not 
I don't know whether you feel you could ever win it again. I don't know whether that's even on your radar, is it? Is that something you think about now? <laughs> well, my, my main focus was uh, the parish walk this year, actually. Yeah, right, yeah. okay. And I'd, 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 like, last year, because obviously I'd, I'd dilly-dallied around working with other people for a while, and then 2018, I decided to sort of, like, just have a more of a competitive walk again, but I broke my collarbone two weeks before the event, so... Right. I finished seventh over that, so I was in that one. So I was quite happy Sorry, with, with that. Sorry, with a broken collarbone. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, it was it was it was sort of knitted together a little bit. I could swing. I couldn't swing my arm properly, but I could swing it enough. So then I thought, well, two thousand nineteen, because I was no sorry, two thousand seventeen, no two thousand eighteen that was, and then two thousand nineteen I finished third like last year. So I had a good walk last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Um, I so, just I just wonder, having won it all the time or for a number of periods of time, is third satisfactory enough for your mind yeah, I don't know it, how, it, how it, yeah, it was. I, sometimes I think like, oh, I can't win it now screw it I'm, no, I'm off to do no, something else no it, it was really it was satisfactory for me I, I, I was pleased with that because in, in say in 2009 and 10 it was like a bit of wilderness years I was overdosed with the whole thing you know the train and the putting the hours in for it and all that and to be honest my body was pretty wrecked I think because in, in 2000 in 10, I'd also gone off and walked 500 miles across the Camino. 2011, I'd walked even longer across the Camino. Yeah, so, so 11, you won the Cape Town, that Cape Town event as well. Yeah, yeah, something yeah, they yeah. did find on the internet. Yeah, I um, I got invited. Um, I, cause, well, I, to be honest, I was actually at the point of packing it in in 2011 because um, I'd gone off to... Um, uh, I'd walked the, the Camino in 2010. I'd walked a different route. It was all the northern coast of Spain. And then when I came into Santiago, I then walked another three days to a place called Finisterre, which is the end of the world as, as in medieval times. Right. And then another walked another one day up to a place called Muxia. So I'd, I spent 27 days uh, walking nonstop <coughs> to do, to do uh, it was about 560 miles, I think right, it was. Wow. It, yeah. right. But I paid for it in as much as then when I got back, especially when I got back to London and I was trying to cross the road, I had to sort of, I normally you'd just sort of skip across the road in between the traffic. I had to make sure there was a gap because I couldn't actually run across the road. Mm. I was sort of like hobbling across the road because my Achilles were pretty knackered and stuff like that. Uh, so I was going to actually pack it in around about 2010, leading into 2011. Uh, then I... Th- was asked by I was doing some work for a, a, a South African man a guy and who I got to know really really well now, and I expected him to come up and just check my work when he came because he was going to move over to the other man here, and I was doing some work on his house and I expected him to come over and just check my work, and he came up to me and he said hi Robbie he said hello Robbie tell me how you doing the parish walk this year and I thought it was a random thing to really ask me you know he wasn't bothered about the work I'd done or anything like that. He said, because uh, if you are, I'm bringing some people over from South Africa. I just want to know if you'll come down and maybe just give them a talk and let them know what it's all about and stuff like that. So I said I, I would do. And at that point, I was going to go off then and walk the Camino again in 2011. And I went for a couple of short walks with him before I went off there. And then when I came back, I seriously didn't want to, to do the, the 2011, but I thought, well, if these people are going to do it, I can't just mm-hmm. go down there and tell them this is what you got to do, blah, 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 without sort of doing it myself. So I went down when they came over, had a talk with them. Um, I'd obviously put an entry in for the parish walk. <clears throat> Their backup team, they were the ones that were worried because they had no idea where they're going. So what I did was the day before, we took them around the, the, the parish walk course in the car and we stopped off at every church. And it took us six and a half hours to go around the course in the car. 
So they had a, an in, an insight of where it was because uh, if it wasn't for that, they said, they would never have been able to get it because they had three people finish, which is the, the gentleman who I was doing the work for who uh, brought the guys over. He finished, his wife finished, and one of his work colleagues finished. The rest of his work colleagues all got to peel or some got a little bit further. Mm. So then he continuously started bringing them back for about three or four years after that as well. But because I'd helped them, they decided to invite me over to Cape Town to for their big walk. Mm. There's a big walk that they have, which <clears throat> is a it's an 80k walk, 50 miles. But it's they have 36,000 competitors, but it's not all in the in the 80k because you have an 80k, 50k, um, 35k, 30k. Then there's a 25k, 20k. Then it went to 15, 10, and a 5k. And they we started from in in starting point in Cape Town, we went out to a certain turning point and came back. <clears throat> and as we came, we were on our way back, all the other races started at, at different times. Yeah. So basically everyone started at different times, but everyone finished around yeah, at the same time. Yeah. So it was a mass sort of finish in some respects. So it, it, our event started like quarter to three in the morning. Yeah. And there's, there's probably about 30 walkers. And the debrief for it all is like, it's dark, be careful. Watch out for the cars because you can be because you could get killed, you know. <laughs> so and there, there's a few actually there were a few close incidents because there's the taxis and then there's obviously people coming out of clubs and the drink drive was pretty rife and you were work, walking in the dark at that point. So I was pretty lucky in as much as that I I won that event. So <clears throat> first overseas person I win I think did I read? Yeah 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 yeah. yeah. So that was quite nice yeah. and it was there's a funny thing as well because. On the, as I was on my way back in, coming in, and it's probably about three or four miles from outside Cape Town, there's a car suddenly pulled over to one side, and this couple got out, and they started waving at me, shouting my name. And it was a guy, um, Turner Sports, uh, the Turner Sports shop. Well, years when I was a teenager, there used to be one in Castletown, it was run by a guy called Richard Turner. And it was... Uh, he was out there and he'd, he'd just been on holiday there and, no, he'd, right. and he'd seen, I think I had a Manx flag on, on the back of me, right. uh, my, jo- my my shirt and uh, he'd seen the Manx flag and he stopped and he goes, yeah. I had not seen Richard yeah. for about 30 years. I carried from once in the Ireland Championships. Okay. Uh, but that's probably the last time I've seen him and up until that point then. So yeah, that was, right, that was right. quite a, a surreal sort yeah, of moment. Sure, yeah, yeah. But then after that, we came back and Philip, um, the guy that brought us, all these people over he decided uh he's going to bring more over for the, the following year 2012 and in 2012 he said what he would do he'd invite the winner of the parish walk men's and ladies over to south africa to do the big walk and he also was inviting me and he invited andrew titley as well because right. andrew was because was, philip used to come out walking with us then at that point so that year it was the year 2012 when uh, richard gerard and vinnie won the parish walk together. So he brought brought the two yeah, guys right. over. And oh, I well, think they it held was, hands so they both and, get a holiday. Yeah, <laughs> and that year I think we had one, two, three, four, five uh, in, in because um, I think Richard won it. Was it Richard won it, Vinnie was second, I was third. Sue Bigot was fourth, and I think Andrew Titley was fifth. Right, yeah. But you friend has liked from all the local South Africans each time bringing you lot over. Yeah, no, yeah, stopping yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's good. Right. Yeah, and there was a, on on the very first one as well. There's a quite another another surreal moment on that was um, 
as they're on the return or as they're coming back, suddenly there was um, uh, a South African boy riding by the side of me. And I was getting a bit paranoid because, you know, you can't have anyone sort of riding, riding uh, by the side of your, or walking by the side of your being with you because you, you, the class is pacing you. And I was getting a bit sort of stressed out and he was talking to me and, and chatting away and, and, and where are you from? And I said, I'm from the Isle of Man. And he knew the Isle of Man because obviously I mentioned Mark Cavendish. He knew about Mark Cavendish because he'd done a little bit of cycling himself, this fella. So um, we're going through and then one of the officials tried to stop him and then one other guy said, no, no, he's the support rider, lead rider, with the lead runner or walker, sorry, to, to go to make sure you go ahead at all the crossroads so they stop the traffic, tell the marshal to stop the traffic. So that was what was happening. But I, I, was, I was getting frustrated because he was by the side of me all the time. So um, we got to a point where we came to a crossroads and it was on a bit of a hill. And I carried on walking as they waved me and he'd obviously stopped. Uh, and then I heard him, he was obviously went to stop pedal again. Next minute I heard a and I thought the chain snapped. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I thought, I, I was probably saying this. I thought, oh, that's good, I can concentrate now on myself. And the next minute, he comes by the side of me again. And there's, he was a black, black South African boy, and there's a white South African boy pushing him then. And he pushed him on the bike for about the next five kilometers oh, all right. the way into the finish, oh, which was right. absolutely amazing. I yeah, thought, yeah. and the both of them were chatting to me then at that point, yeah, yeah, yeah. which I thought was an amazing thing to happen. and we sort of had a good sort of shook hands and had a bit of a chat at the end mm. of it and all that. But that it was it was the the, the crowds out there. The people were really really great. It was a fantastic event to go and do. But yeah, he brought a number of people over uh, for yeah. about three or four years. Yeah, actually. I do remember yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, and we went back to I think we we had it. We won 11, 12, 13. They didn't hold it in fourteen. So. But that's where so I. You lot coming, you see, and yeah. The I think um, I th- th- this one of the sponsors dropped out, and that was it. They couldn't find another sponsor, or they, or they wanted some ridiculous money for putting on or something like that. Mm. And that's where I got to know the guy, the South African gentleman that I walked with in two thousand and fifteen, because he was a colleague of uh, Phillips, and he also walked in the in the big walk, and that's how we got to sort of yeah, know him. Right. So yeah, right. it was it was great, sort of the way the whole network, and then then. Even fast forward a few more years from that, we went down to Robben Island in 2016, where Richard won the, the first ever Centurion, South African Centurion walk um, on Robben Island, which is an yeah. iconic place. Yeah, and yeah. I went back in 2017, and I was lucky enough to win it in 2017. Oh, right, okay. yeah. right, right. Yeah, so there's, <clears throat> there's lots of other sort of races that have been sort of quite lucky to win. In, in well, times. I don't know about luck, but yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And you do the air, uh, because there's a hundred, is it every year that's down here, down in Castletown? No, 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 what, what, what it was in the hundred mile thing, I had a bit of a, my first, my first hundred mile was, I had, it was in 2005 in Kings Lynn, and the hundred mile for me was always a, always a spin-off from the, the parish walkers <clears throat> in the early days from the, um, like sort of the Castanel drinkers doing it, the guy, uh, Steve Garden, who had done 11 parish walks continuously, they then boys would go off and they do the centurion walk that I used to hear about and I thought well what's all that about and then they told us you had to walk 100 miles in 24 hours and you get your own <clears throat> special pin number with your own badge and mm. the history of it goes back to 1911 mm. when it was first run so what's well, so first took place uh, and ever since then everyone that's finished within 24 hours gets a, their own badge with a, their own uh, pin number on it of what they finished so my pin number is 1108 so I'm the one hundred and one thousand one hundred and eighth yeah, right. centurion since nineteen nineteen eleven. Yeah. 
So I went to one in 2005 to Kings Lynn and they DQ'd me. They disqualified yeah. me because I put my foot on, on the inside of the right-hand corner. Yeah. It, was a, it, was a, it was a poorly marked course and everyone for the first three, four laps were walking right across the course, you see. But it was, it, it was in a way that me and Sean were walking together and to get around the corner, yeah. I had to sort of step on the grass. And There's a judge there and he just called me back. He, he said, uh, you missed the corner. So I went back and walked it again and as I walked past him, he said, you're disqualified. So at that point, I just said... Yeah. don't argue I can't be bothered I don't believe what I'm hearing so they took my number off and I went back so I was always really disappointed about that and so we, we had one in 2006 around the NSC which we got quite a number of centurions but I always wanted to do one ourselves I always wanted to do one in Castletown so I had a word with Steve Taylor who's uh, he's he was Chief judge in the 2012 Olympics right. race walking as mm. Isle of Man. He's a local lad. He's a Manx lad. Oh, right. okay. He's a top race walking judge in the 2012 Olympics. Mm. And he went out to Rio as well to be sort of like a deputy then at that point because each Olympics somebody else gets to, to be the chief judge. Uh, so I had a word with Steve and then um, Jock, Jock Waddington and uh, Adrian Cowan and Chris Cale. And we all come together as a committee. And We'd sort of start a course around Castletown, a two-mile course around Castletown, and had a word to commissioners. Went through the rigmarole of putting in for a road closing order because we had half the road closed and half the road open. And my thing was to get as many centurion walkers, walkers in the Isle of Man. So that year, we obviously pushed it really, really hard. Uh, we got 101 entries. We had 93 people started on the day. We got 48 people finished it, which is over half. Mm -hmm. And we had 32 brand new Centurion walkers, yeah, right, okay. which is amazing. Yeah, yeah. And and sort of half of them were Manx people. Yeah, right. So then it, the Centurion walk is sanctioned by the, the um, British Centurion Club. And uh, certain clubs fight for it every year. But unfortunately, it's been sort of dying off quite a bit. And I think they're not really putting a lot of effort into it in, in the UK, I'm afraid. Right. Um, they just sticking it on four hundred meter tracks now, and, yeah, and right. just walk four hundred laps. What's that a track. risk and health issue that they're uh, going? Oh, it's just easier to stick it on here. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, just because then you know you don't have to worry about road closing yeah. order. You, you can have everyone in one place. You don't need so many marshals. Um, also, at the time when we first put it on the Alman, we wanted you know uh, computerized timing because. Yeah. The parish walker brought the chips in at that point, yeah. and we wanted them in 2006, and they sort of failed. They fought against it. They wanted to do manual scoring, right. and, and that was it was that was the way it was always done. We said, no, we didn't want to do it. So then we had a really good timing system in, in 2015 when we held it. Then we brought it back again last year in 2015, and we... At the time, I always wanted to use the the, the centre of Castletown, but it was, the square was getting um, regenerated right. at the time. It was all dug up. Yeah. So um, we uh, had to go out the square, and that's why we went out around the Southern 100 Courseway. We yeah. went out of Castletown towards the Southern 100 headquarters, then back along the Southern 100 start and finish straight, yeah. and then down Willow Street back into town. So yeah. it was a two-mile circuit, that was. Um, and so we brought the 2019 one into Castletown Square, and we had it sort of like... It was, it was almost like, if you look at the course from the top, it was almost like a, a three legs of man sort of shape because okay. they, they went out the square, they went over the over the bridge and went off to the uh, the right road towards Victoria Road School, come back again, then they went out round to 
place called Douglas Street and then come back to the bridge again and went back up into the square. Oh, okay. So it was like, it was almost like a, a sort of like yeah, yeah. strange sort of three legs of man. And uh, we got, what did we have on that one now? We had, uh, I think we had, we had an entry of about 63, but we had about 53 starting on day. But we got another 32 finishes out of that one. Right, and I think yeah, about okay. 16 were brand new Centurions also. And is, is your plan to keep running that? I assume, obviously, with what's uh, happening no, this it's year. No, it was just time consuming. Right. I said that we said the boys. I just, you just so much you got to really, really think mm-hmm. of because we had roads closed and and had to obviously make sure there's no parking, no cars are parked on the way, and you have to go through the rigmarole and put letters out to people. And yeah. and, and that that evening, as we had the signing on evening on the Friday night, I snuck down to the the roadway and sort of stopped putting the no parking bollards out and, and in clear spaces. And I got a telephone. We had a we had a helpline, and I suddenly got a telephone call saying, "What are you putting the bollards out for now? Because it's not till twelve o'clock tomorrow." So I said, "Oh, I apologise. I'll come down and move them now." And I went back and took them all back. And actually, one woman then, one lady, told me off about it, and uh, I apologised about it. And I said, I'm sorry, but... And then they were wondering about the noise. And I said, there'll be no noise because we've got a noise curfew from 11 till 7 o'clock in the morning, 8 o'clock in the morning. Anyway, I went and apologised to the people, took the stuff back and then put it out the proper times. And then and everything went off and, and visited some of the people after it was all over and done with. And they said they'd never heard any noise. There was no noise. Everything was quiet. Mm. And they, they were sort yeah, of yeah, apologetic yeah. and stuff like that yeah, too. Yeah. So it just it was just so much you have to say. Yeah, it takes a lot. Yeah, you know, and yeah. I, I said to well, I said to Steve and the boys that I don't particularly want to have to do it. Don't want to do it. I, I'd like to see another one on the Isle of Man again, but yeah. it's you really got to do it. Not in a four hundred meter track, you know. I want to sort of as, as yeah. natural as you can do. To be honest, two mile lap circuit isn't all that natural. You know, something about four or five miles would be a lot yeah, better. Yeah, but yeah. obviously, it takes a lot more to sort of yeah, logistically uh, marshal and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But, What's the longest ever walk you've done in a day? Is it 100 miles? Uh, yeah, it's 100 miles I've yeah, done, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, and what's your plan for the you know, for the, for the future? Do you carry on doing the parish? Is that uh, well, this year we had um, we had planned, myself and Andrew Titley, we were going to go off to Australia to do a centurion walk in Australia in April right. and come back and the main focus then for me was on the parish walk. Um, I'll just have to see how it goes. To be honest, once they, once they cancelled the parish walk, because obviously we, they cancelled the Australian one, and once the parish walk one went, which is probably about three or four weeks after we, the Australian one was cancelled, uh, I just sort of cut myself off from the walking completely then, you mm-hmm. know. I went out and obviously done a little bit of walk and obviously followed Christian on his uh, venture, mm-hmm. which was an incredible adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, just, and I just, just done a little bit of running on my own and, and sort of left the walking really. Mm-hmm. Um, but you will get back to it. Yeah, well, we did sneak out the other night there, myself and Andy Titley. We sneaked out at 3 o'clock on Thursday morning, a.m. at right. the Colby Glen to walk to walk the parish walk. But um, it wasn't to finish it. It was to, you know, see how far we go. Like, but So I we walked it up, and I went to as far as the Ginger Hall. And at that point, my feet were starting to blister up a bit. And I, I'm not, I said to Andrew, I'm not wrecking my feet mm-hmm. just for this. So he was he was okay. He wanted to push on, so I was we were looking at a bus timetable at, at the Ginger Hall at the time. Yeah. And we were discussing whether it was a school day or not a school day, and is this the up to date timetable or not? And he was going to push on, and so at that point, just as we were, he was getting ready to go, 
his sister drove past right. and she seen us he turned around and, and she gave me a lift back home oh, so I got back home half a scene in the afternoon I whatsapped him at that point he was out mackle getting wet because it started right. pouring with rain <laughs> and he had a hell of a night it just it, I think it was a bit of a thunderstorm or something like that right. it might have been it was really really bad rain and uh, he, he, we were thinking we, if we did go around we probably would have made it in about 20 hours but he he got home just under the 24 hours oh, right. so we okay. had a bit of a tough walk yeah, yeah I mean he's done a lot in a row hasn't yeah, he yeah Andrew's Andrew's done uh, he's, he's, I know he's done well over 10 100 mile walks yeah. either either 100 mile as a 100 mile or 24 hour walks where he's gone past the year uh, 100 mile distance I've been with him on a few walks where he's doing 24 hour walks where he's done the 100 miles and he's gone on to do 111 miles or something like that yeah, yeah. he's done another one to go out to the one that they call Roubaix which is 28 hour walk okay right. which they normally go up to around about 120 miles right. else on that one so I've followed him around on quite a few walks and that sort mm. of stuff so he can have the crazy stuff doing 100 <laughs> miles uh, yeah, I used to work with his sister-in-law i guess yeah. is probably the right yeah so i just i know i know i know yeah. the name and obviously see him around because he lives down this way doesn't he he's down yeah, south yeah. of the island yeah, yeah, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. but unfortunately andrew's got one more parish finished than me oh okay. so i've done right. 17 he's done 18 oh, okay so. are they the most no 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 uh, the, the most is uh, there's a guy called david collister and he's no relation He's done 32 consecutive wow. finishes, okay. which I don't think that record will ever get beaten. Is he still going now, or is he? Well, he was. He he um he fin he he broke the chain a couple of years ago, and I think he he tried to come back, and I think he struggled for a couple of years, and I think he finished one, then he struggled again. Right. I think he struggled last year, but he, he doesn't do any training. He's a, he's like um he's a gardener, okay, and he does obviously loads of walking up behind yeah. a, a mower, and he says that's his. That's training. That's a normal training, but he said, "This year's parish walk is next. Next year's parish walk is training." Like, you yeah, know. right, okay, yeah, yeah, so. yeah right. But in thirty-two, that's a phenomenal event. But there's mm. other guys. There's other people I've done over the twenties and stuff like right, that. Right, yeah. right, yeah. So it's a big thing now. People pegging, not just doing the parish walk, but pegging more and more and more onto it. Yeah, but yeah. It, it, I must also while we're on about the parish walk, you have to congratulate the likes of the committee that have been running it over the last. Three or four years, well, no, about 10 or 12 years, really, and obviously led by Ray Cox, yeah. who's finished the parish walk himself. Uh, he's, I've competed against him on numerous runs. Uh, he's actually won one of the, the classic runs, that won, one of the ones I haven't really won, which is the, the uh, appeal to Douglas, which I finished second in it. I was leading at one year and got pipped towards the end, but I've never, uh, I've never won that one. I've won probably most of the other classics that I've been about running. But um, Ray's done a great job in his committee of bringing the parish walk yeah. to where it is now and the phenomenal entries. I th- I'm sure this year's one probably would have been a bumpy year because I think it was probably up to about 1,200 entries when they knocked it on the head, when they cancelled it. And I think they nearly had two two months to run before the entries yeah. closed. And normally, typical Isle of Man, people scratch around the last minute. Yeah. So I think um, they would have been on probably a record time. I was at must have been telling last year some sport sport award on the Isle of Man not the big main sports award it was some other award it was a, some business thing but the, Ray won something like that. I can't quite remember what it was yeah was that they the played a video was that the, uh, was that the was it the sports awards or the excellence excellence, excellence awards yeah, yeah. yeah it wasn't the sports it yeah I've seen that yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it was, uh, was yeah, and he deserves it as well yeah. because uh He's, yeah, uh, it's quite emotional watching it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's, uh, the first, the first, year, the first year I won it was two thousand two, obviously two thousand one, 
I'm going down through Dolby and Ray's trying to keep ahead of me putting the signs out because oh, right. <laughs> you know the road closed because that day he, at that time he was doing everything he was going out with his he had his, um, his vehicle with the trail with all the, the caution walker signs and uh, one ways and all this sort of stuff and he was just knocking them in as I was going walking past him but then he's got other people now to, to do you, but, but you talk about that and just the, the logistics of running an event oh, over yeah, 85 yeah, yeah, mile yeah, yeah. irrespective of you got 100 helpers yeah, it's just yeah. stuff that goes on well even, even like <clears throat> uh, the, the 24 hour work that we had having to get enough marshals for the 24 hour period yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're the same with that it's yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. it's it's a hell of, hell of a job it is yeah. to do it I think that, you know they obviously they've got dedicated people to look, look after that and it's a really good committee they've been doing it for years and years so they can sort of they they're instinctive of what they do, but yeah, yeah. they've done a fantastic job. And I think the amount of people that are now walking the parish walk is quite incredible. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, the amount yeah. of people, if it wasn't for parish walk, what would them people be doing now? Well, That's what I think, yeah. I, and you always see around March, April time where the, the nights start getting lighter yeah, and suddenly yeah, there's yeah, a yeah. lot of walkers from the Western jackets. Yeah going around and that you always think oh parish you know that's the immediate thing i see is you start to see those people kind of coming out well the, the, the actual uh, the entry day starts december the first right. and normally from december the first then you start people they start coming out in the roads you yeah, see them yeah. but what what is amazing for me is the amount of ladies that are walking it now at one time it was male dominated sport it really really was even finishing and, and starting but now I think last year it was fifty fifty split right. and fifty fifty split in 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 the in the ladies that were that were finishing yeah, people yeah, yeah. with the men and and obviously a lot of ladies kicking the butts of some of the men. So yeah, yeah. Will, uh, you mentioned carry, Sue, you mentioned Sue earlier. I yeah. remember the in eight when I did quite a bit of training. I was training up and down Appeal Road. And she must have lived in Glenbarn, maybe. Yeah, she, she did, went so, out of yeah, her way yeah. to find me because yeah. I was doing quite a lot of walking to train for it. Yeah. And uh, she went out of the way to come speak to me about yeah. just to make sure I was walking right, and I wasn't because I was trying. I wasn't certainly power walking, but somewhere between that and trying to race walk with no skill yeah. and no training. Yeah. And she was good enough to go out of the way and say, just "Keep an eye on, keeping your feet on the ground, that type of thing." Well, that's what with our um, when we had that this Balagur Breakfast Club that we started. It all that probably all started in two thousand. Actually, it was two thousand one. Uh, David Doyle. He contacted me when I won it in 2001. He'd finished it. And another friend of mine, Rosemary Crellin, um, from right. Peel. Rosie, Rosie's a tough girl. Um, they con- Well, David contacted me to see if I'd just come and have a chat with him. Uh, about. He, he, he said he wasn't going to do it again. But I think if I went and had a chat with him, he obviously sowed the seed that he wanted to have another go at it. So I said, okay, well, what we'll do is I'll come down and we'll go out walking on the Saturday. We'll have a walk together. So he said, do you mind if Rosemary comes along? Yeah, yeah, cool. So we went We went along. We kept that up for uh, months, we did, going on Saturday. And when the nights got light, we came out on a, on, a, on a Wednesday evening as well. And then that year, because their first year, I think Rosemary finished 27th, and I think David was my 25th that they might have finished. So the, this year, 2002, um, I won it. Uh, I had a really good time. My time had come down quite a bit. David finished third, and he was uh, three hours fifty off his time. Mm-hmm. And Rowie finished, I think Rowie finished fifth or was it sixth? And she knocked something like two hours off her time mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And then we kept that sort of Balagur Breakfast Club thing going. Andrew Titley joined us, and um, Eamon Harkin joined us, and Ali Brand joined us, Jane Mooney joined us. Okay. And then eventually later on, uh, Jock came on board and and, uh, and a few other people came on board. It was getting a little bit too big, so <laughs> we, we sort of knocked around. So it went from 
me in my running days just doing everything solely on myself and yeah. my early walking days doing it solely myself to doing group walking and, and I think for anyone that's listening and they're just doing it on their own they really need to buddy up with some other people because if you walk on your own it's tough if you're two you walk you just walk and talk if you get a third person in there or a fourth person in it just brings the competition element in a little bit somebody will yeah, push right. it a little bit more or make you walk a little bit further uh, or just get you out when you wouldn't got out and that sort of stuff so yeah, yeah, yeah. and and just a one other question i do have is uh bethany oh uh, well well the thing was that well that was 2008 that was right. the year absolutely poured down with rain i'll right. tell you what until christian came along that was the biggest thing i'd ever sort of seen you know i'd take my half to what that girl done because i know we're just putting one lap in is that and she walked her first lap was quite a decent time that she had. She was well under 20 hours when mm-hmm. she walked her first lap. And it was it was the worst weather ever we've had. And uh, she came in, and I think she just changed some clothes and went back out again. So I'd gone home, and then I'd sort of, because I'd finished quite early, I'd go home normally. I can go home and have eight hours rest. Beyond go, well, at least six hours rest and go down and see the last few people coming in for the last few hours. So I went home, I had a bit of rest and I got up at 11 o'clock at night and I went out to, um, I went out and parked out by uh, Glen Duff and went all the mm-hmm. way back up to towards St Jude's. Uh, I met Bethany, came in there, walked with her from there through to Lazare Church and I was going to Ramsey and then I had to go back and get my car. And I, I was chatting to her and really at that point I just said, how's things going Bethany, you're all right? And she just... Bethany's a girl. When she when she talks, she talks. So she she was the conversation was just flowing out of her. Mm. She was she was on a real real high. She was walking good. She was nipping along really really well. It was amazing. So I left her and she was on a real real buzz. So I went home, went and had some sleep, and I got up again in the morning because I wanted to come watch her come in. And I went up to the Port Jack to watch her come in at Port Jack. And we were all waiting around the corner from the Port Jack, and we knew she was coming down through Onken. And she came round Port Jack. And the mum was one side of it, and Liz Corrin was the other side of it. And she was like the walking dead she was on it. She mm-hmm. was zombied. And she she was completely out of it, and she finished it. And I thought that was the most amazing thing I'd sort of seen, you know. Be, <clears throat> I get a big kick out when local people do stuff. You know, I don't, you know, I obviously see top athletes performing to the top, and you, you can get quite emotional when you watch people at Olympics. But I get quite emotional when... Uh, Local people perform really, really well. It's kind of raw sport, that isn't it? Yeah, really? yeah. And and what she done was incredible. And then, yeah. then obviously, then the biggest thing since after Bethany is what Christian done as yeah, well. Because yeah, yeah. I've run maths and I've been an endurance person for a long time. I've done, you know, I've done well. Spain was back to back, back walking, and that's hard enough. You know, long days you're doing and your feet are bad and and you're not eating properly, you're not drinking properly, and stuff like that. But what Christian done. And I think, obviously, the first thing he had to worry about was tapering himself back a little bit. And when you look at his first three or four marathons that he, he ran, they were bloody, they were good times. He were, you know, most people would have taken them. And I think, you know, he, he could have even tapered himself back a little bit more. But then, then to watch him go through what he went through on that first Saturday, you know, that really really hot Saturday, yeah. you know, with when he'd had his ankle problem. He'd had his um, blisters were obviously, when you've got blisters, that's a nightmare when you're putting shoes on. You can, you know, obviously you can, you can get by them, but uh, at some point they get really, really raw before they, then they will go over and then they'll start getting better. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
that Saturday he just had the, it was the whammy of everything, you know, and and he, you could see he was really out of the game and just to pull himself up, go home, look after himself on his own yeah. uh, in the conditions that we were all operating under COVID-19 was quite an incredible feat that he'd done. And then to come out, he bounced back a little bit. Then you could see, obviously, the fatigue was, fatigue was getting to him. And then it was really painful to watch him on that last marathon, you know, the real marathon. Obviously, I had a run with him on the, the 18th marathon and he was on good form. We sort of kept him chatting and stuff like that. He maybe just died a little bit on the last couple of miles coming into Ramsey. But uh, he had a really good run on that, but it was painful to watch him on that yeah, on that yeah. last one. You, know, you knew what he was going through. You could see what he was going through, but he ran every one of them, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is an incredible thing. You know, there's people... The fact that someone, if, you know, your, like you say, your endurance background and having run quick marathons to, to appreciate yeah. what he's doing. Oh, no, well, I just... Uh, obviously, he was working forward there his training was all good geared going around to do a london marathon which is one marathon just one marathon okay you could probably get away on that doing a back-to-back marathon yeah. maybe struggle to get a third one in but generally that would be about it but then to do a crazy thing and say what was on the spur of the moment yeah. wasn't it yeah it was yeah, impulse yeah. really was five to days. say uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. well whoever put i, I don't know whether he come up with 19 or not i, I did yeah. sorry sorry chris <laughs> but, to come up with that and then say he did say I wanted to do an Eddie Izzard style yeah yeah so well, it was like well here you go <laughs> but to come up and, and to do that but uh, but yeah five I, but five days no it's no no real planning no tapering no, no training no, no. for it and, and you say you say the Eddie Izzard style well uh, Eddie Izzard is great has fantastic feet what he done but the amount of people I had around yeah. him the planning that went in before that the planning that was happening on the days the support, and after night time yeah, yeah. and all the you know the, yeah. the aftercare he was getting where Christian didn't have any of that at all, even mm. having to look after his young daughter and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to watch him sort of, oh, it was really, you could see, you could just see, and no matter what you could say, you know, come on, Christian, clap and all that. There's nothing what you could do, you could see that could alter that pain that he was yeah, feeling. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Other times, you can you can G someone up a little bit and give him a boost, but yeah, that was really, really painful. And, to, and it got to that point where he went in to the NSC and it was it do 19 laps or not do 19 laps, and it got... And I think there's a bit of sort of frustration there might have crept in and that sort of knocked them back a little bit as well. Yeah. So it's good that they did get out yeah. and do a couple of other loops and then, then head back at yeah, home. But yeah. I caught him again coming through um, uh, Grieber again and uh, the Highlander and also up past the Hawthorne onto Balacrane. And oh, he was, you could see he was in a lot, a lot of pain. Yeah, yeah. And actually went, parked my van and came back and went down towards Bella Crane instead of staying on the green. I just wanted to go back and just see him coming in that thing, and that's when he was obviously totally emotional. And I was emotional. Yeah, yeah, himself, no, none of us crying. Yeah, cry. he, he was. Uh, you know, you could see it was all over for him, which is really, really brilliant. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know that when you've got that sort of finish in the sights, amazing feel when you're going through that much pain. Yeah, no, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, I just hope he's recovered. Okay, I've I've had a couple of t- I've. What's happened on a couple of messages, but obviously he's got his other stuff to go and do and that. But um, I hope he's recovered. Um, yeah, no, I had a voicemail from today actually, yeah. and uh, yeah, he's fine. Yeah, because obviously uh, being back running a while, as you'd expect, yeah, he's just think he's looking for his next. Well, hopefully, like, like now, most of us, you need a, a well, bit, hopefully, now he can maybe fill that void because obviously they're gonna, yeah. they're gonna, they're gonna well, he can maybe go on half marathon in August or yeah, the marathon yeah. in August because yeah. they're gonna run that, you see, mm. so yeah. Uh, maybe you can get that. Whereas if if it was still under the same circumstances, we are as UK, 
you know, there's nothing really you can go for, and there's no, nothing no. worse when you haven't got anything. You just complete the goal, and you've got this big void, and you've got nothing to sort of like exactly set your sights on again. Yeah, yeah. Oh, was, I, I need to find something. Yeah, yeah. To, to kind of get there. That's how we. That's how we. How we work. Yeah. Most of us do. I think it's yeah, more yeah. we kind of want something yeah. to focus yeah, on, yeah. whether it's competitive or not. Yeah, because you do. You just have that sort of like. Uh, um, Post marathon depression, or whatever yeah, you call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> post nineteen, yeah. Yeah. Is that yeah. the post marathon yeah. syndrome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Post nineteen, Emmett. But that Bethany's Beth Bethany's and uh, yeah, I do Christians, remember Bethany's uh, doing that, that. No, it was and 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 unfortunately, Beth never come back to do the parish walk. And Bethany had her obviously she was quite open about it as well. She had her own backstory as well right and okay. it was just really really she dug herself at a big hole also all yeah. oh, right okay yeah. right so she got a little web there's a website somewhere there all oh, right okay fine I'll, I'll look it up at some point but because uh, i i obviously spent a bit of time walking with her and just talking to her about stuff that had gone on before in her, in her previous oh, life right. okay all right, right i didn't know yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and then she went off and done quite a lot of other uh ultra sort of endurance walking or events after that some running events uh, but I think she's come down off it now like uh, yeah right yeah. right two parish walks is enough I think no, no, no just right. two <laughs> two incredible feats by two incredible people yeah. really you think about it well yeah. and yourself those back to back wings in the parish continue now at I'd say but more mature age but continue to be very competitive in that it's yeah. very yeah. impressive and I must I must admit my body's sort of holding out quite well actually yeah. Yeah, yeah. So do you do much maintenance in general not really no no, no. <laughs> I'm probably not the person to listen to oh, for right, anything okay. you know runs on his own doesn't do anything else doesn't <laughs> doesn't eat properly doesn't stress properly <laughs> yeah you're still not doing too bad for that though yeah I'm, I'm quite I'm, I'm, I'm alright really yeah, yeah I can still probably I'd like to get and get back into a little bit of running again, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah, yeah. right. Thanks for coming in today. It's been much appreciated. Yeah, really fascinating. And, uh, You're like welcome. Say, that, yeah. I think definitely a legend of Manx sport. So yeah, appreciate yeah. it. Thanks, Robbie. Yeah. But we've we've just got a, a, for an island of sports people. You'll be you'll be in the next hundred years. Yeah. Tap them all because we've got an island with so, so many incredible sports people on this island. Yeah, it is. Achieve so much, really. Yeah. Yeah. No. We've got a long list. We'll of people. We've got people we need to get back to that yeah. that we that been suggested we speak to. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's, uh, luckily we picked quite a good subject matter to talk to people about. Yeah. Of so, many, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so so thanks, Robbie. Thanks yeah. very much, boys. Yeah. Do you want to check us out, mate? Yes, I've got been a while since I've done this from yeah. member. So wherever you're uh, listening to us, please like, share, subscribe, and leave those five star reviews, pretty please, on social media, Facebook. We are the M Word Podcast, Twitter, Mag Sports Pod, and on Instagram, we are the M Word IOM. Just about remembered them. Well done, Matt. <laughs> it's, uh, it's Word Out from Mark. And Word Out from Matt.